Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we are live for a very special episode. We're on a little bit later tonight than usual. Uh, Tonight, we welcome an amazing, amazing Guardian. We're really honored and really grateful to have him on today. He is a Guardian who needs little introduction. He has been a Destiny fan Since day one, he is the founder of one of the earliest and most respected Destiny podcasts in our community, Guardian One, with 148 episodes. Remy is here with us tonight. Um, Remy and his crew always kept the Guardians informed each and every week about all things Destiny. And the show ended four years ago, but the legacy lives on. And we're excited to welcome Remy back on tonight to share his thoughts on all things Destiny 2. We'll also learn about the origins of Guardian 1 and much more about Remy. And we'll dive into the latest news about Destiny 2 Season of the Splicer. And we'll give our initial impressions because we have been playing the override activity and... A few other things, and of course, we're here with Shadow Price. Welcome back, Shadow Price. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Um, yeah, we've been playing the new content this week, Season of the Splicer. On PlayStation 5, mind you. Yeah, on PS5. Yep. You've been migrating. And, you know, I have my little side uh, retro gaming thing going still, too. Got a Sega CD in the the mail today. I just had to, you know, I never owned a Sega CD or a Sega Genesis, like, as a kid. I always played everybody else's. So I was like, man, I really want one. Like, you know, and just it'd be cool to have one added to my collection. So I went and got one of those, and it just arrived today. So I was playing Snatcher in it earlier. It was an old Hideo Kojima game, actually. So, but... Yeah, you are a pretty big Hideo Kojima fan, so I would not be surprised about that. Yes, I am. But uh, yeah, so but it's you know great to be able to talk Destiny with Remy tonight. It's uh, gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, and and speaking of Remy, back 
from the sabbatical or a bit of a break, but you're back. And we're we're excited to welcome you on the Destiny show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. I am so excited uh, to be here. I'm so excited to talk about Destiny. You know, doing a podcast, there's a bunch of hurdles uh, in front of you. It's not it's not just as easy as as you know you may think. Uh, and so coming back to this, you know, it's it. There's a lot of there's a lot of pride and there's a lot of passion in, in doing this and not talking about destiny for all these years. It's really I I, I feel like I've been yelling at the front lawn <laughs> because I've had so much to say. So much has happened since our last show, uh, which was on September 14th, 2017. Uh, so much has happened. Basically, all of Destiny 2 has happened since then. Uh, yeah. And so it's wonderful to be here, and it's wonderful to be talking about Destiny with some fans, uh, but also with people who aren't afraid to really call out what they're thinking and what they're feeling. Um, and I am just so honored to be here, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, the honor is all ours for you to be here. Um, like I said, I you know, watched you listen to your podcasts, like I would say at least 75% of the episodes, because I just thought it was a really good conversation all the time you guys had, you know, and everybody brought everything to the table. And, you know, it was just a collectively great podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, uh, I'm certain that the rest of my team would love to hear that as well. Yes. And, and we're, we're, Definitely grateful for your work, and we're grateful for all that you have done in our community. And we're going to put you on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to learn much more about you and Guardian 1 and how that all started. So I hope you're ready. We're going to put you on the hot seat, and we're going to kick things off right now. I am so ready. Okay, so the first question we have for you, it's kind of a common thing. How did you get started in Destiny? Alrighty, how did I get started in Destiny? So uh, my relationship with Destiny started when I found that that secret Easter egg in Halo 3 ODST that said Destiny awaits. And I swear, as soon as I got up to that point, I was like, this is it. Like, this is, they're telling us something. They're telling us what they're doing. But, you know, what what could it possibly be? And I knew, I knew that that's where, that that's what was going. And looking back at it now, I can't believe that they were allowed to put that in. Like, that was super risky and super crazy. Uh, and at the same time, I I felt like they were talking to me. But really, though, uh, my relationship with Destiny starts even before that because uh, of Bungie. You know, it's it's uh, Bungie doing Halo. I was a huge Halo 1 fan. Like, I had Halo parties where four of us were on one TV in one room and four of us were on one TV in another LAN party. And LAN that party, was yeah. so much fun. Like, like, Halo Combat Evolved took video games and made it thoughtful uh, you know in how movement is is uh is metered in how weapons and damage is metered like it, it was amazing like i always felt like i could get better and that's something that is is hard to find in a game where you i did just lose that engagement but you know what i think that i could do that better and that feeling is unmistakable 
in Bungie games. So, you know, to to say that Destiny and Halo are are similar is an understatement because it's they are so much alike in terms of how they wanted people to move, how they wanted people to interact with their environment. Uh, and so, so yeah, so basically it started with specifically Halo 1, uh, Destiny Awaits, and Halo 3 ODST. Uh, and then actually in, um, in January of 2013, Bungie tweeted out, hey, if you live in the area um, and you want to see what we're working on and give us some feedback, let us know. And so I sat on this. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I had... My daughter had just been born, uh, and so I didn't didn't want to leave my wife in a lurch so I could go play video games. Uh, but she's like, no, you should do it. And so I contacted them, and they made a spot for me, and I got to go down to Bungie headquarters in 2013, January 2013, almost two years before Destiny launched. Uh, and I got to play it in a super primitive form, and I, honestly, I spent most of my time there just trying to figure out what they were going, where they were going with this. And the really the only thing I can say, because I'm still under NDA for all that, is that I was super surprised and not surprised at all when they went uh, Iron Sights, uh, because that puts you behind the gun, literally. Uh, and so, so I played it. I got an evening of early Destiny gameplay, and then I went home and I pined... I pined and I pined and I just didn't want to play anything else. Like I just couldn't play anything else for a long time. I just video games felt flat, uh, you know, and this was like I was I was a big gamer before I played Destiny. I played all kinds of games. I'd play any games uh, partially because, you know, all kinds of different games stimulate all kinds of different parts of your brain, uh, but also gamer score. I'm big into gamer okay. score. I would, yeah. I would play a game just for gamer score. Um, but yeah, after that night uh, in in 2013, I just couldn't I couldn't look back. I knew what was coming at some point, uh, and so I just had to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, for almost two years. Wow. Uh, right. So that's that's the beginning. That is the beginning for me is this lead up with games they had already made, uh, plus teasings, plus I actually got to play it and yeah that's that's pretty amazing that you were like one of the first people to really experience destiny for what it was now if i may ask because i'm not sure if i may you feel that destiny has changed substantially from that point from what you played to what we got with rise of iron as that complete package so i would say that the broad strokes were there, but because they were so broad, uh, I was able to um, basically just blow out of proportion what Destiny was going to be. So as I look back on that time now, Destiny in the Rise of Iron completion is exactly what it was, exactly what I played. Like, it's very clearly point A to point B with what they had going on even at that point. Uh, and that's it. It's it's the it's the second to second gameplay, uh, and it's the movement and it's the visuals 
uh, and, and it's all it's all a straight line. I knew exactly what they were trying to do then, except for I didn't see the scope that they were trying because it felt so big. It felt so big. Uh, and, and, and in terms in terms of storytelling, it is still so big. You know, we've just only looked at this one little corner of what's happening or the things that we have seen from elsewhere have come to us. We haven't yet gone out of our solar system, right? Like right. we are, we are still, we are still trapped in this one little corner of the, of the galaxy. So, so yeah, so it's, it's huge on storytelling, small in scope. Um, but yeah, it, it was exactly, it was exactly what's, what was coming. Wow. So destiny awaited for you and you had to, you had to answer the call. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. And I did. <laughs> and That's you know, amazing. you getting that early access really does paint a picture as to you kind of wanting to start creating content around destiny. I mean, you've been exposed to the franchise before you've been a huge Halo fan. So naturally it made sense that while I get early access, and then you became a content creator, right? Yeah. So basically, I just kept my mouth shut and kept my mouth shut and kept my mouth shut until things started to move along as far as them um, teasing content. You know, once 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 they had started saying the things that I had known and I wasn't so wanting to focus on those things i was able to then look at the things that i didn't know and push forward with that there was a lot of content creators at the time that were talking about what destiny actually was and what i wanted to do was give sort of a list of what i wanted to see in destiny um and that turned out horribly <laughs> because my eyes were so big uh in comparison to what they ended up doing um but yeah it was it, I had to talk about it. I had to talk about it. And and I and I did. I learned the software and I stayed up late writing scripts and I I poured over images. I poured over videos. Uh, I watched every video I could get my hands on. I talked to people. Oh, I created a Twitter for it. Like before before Destiny, I couldn't see what the point of Twitter was. And then once I started wanting to be part of this conversation that was going on, it was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. And even today, it's it's how I stay in touch with the game. You know, there's certain there's certain content creators. Uh, there's certain people in the community that that really stand out to me as keeping me connected to the game, like people like Rick Kekis, you know, like he's he's got a great He's got a great workflow where something comes out and within like 45 minutes, I can be guaranteed to get his opinion on it. <laughs> Houndish is another one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Houndish. Um, yeah. There's just, there's just so many, so many great content creators out there right now. And, and I, and I get it and I love it because I love talking about destiny and I'm so happy to be here right now. Yeah. We're happy to have you. <laughs> really. On the topic of being content creator. You made a video series way back in the day, in like 2013, before Destiny even existed. And it was called Gunsmith. You were diving into the things that you wanted for weapon customizations in Destiny. Um, so how did how would you say weapon customization has evolved compared to how you thought it would have come to fruition back then? 
Alrighty, so I would like to preface my answer by stating definitively, I love Destiny. I love Destiny. All of it. Uh, I love Bungie. Uh, I think that that's a, a, it seems like a great place to work. Every single person who works at Bungie that I've ever met has been the coolest, and uh, and they listen, and they they interact with you. And so I want to say that right now. I love Destiny. So uh, to your question, the what I thought was going to be versus what it is, even right now with this latest release, it is so lacking and it is so sad uh, and it is so disappointing overall. Uh, I feel like I feel like they should have been moving in a different direction and instead and, and I'm not saying that it's it's necessarily bad. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that I can't find something I'm interested in wearing. I like the way my Titan looks. Um, but from what I thought it was going to be, and I based my predictions on what other games had had for several years. Like, for instance, decals. I thought decals were going to be a thing in Destiny. I thought you were going to be able to take a weapon and repaint it and then put decals on it like i thought that it was going to be something like forza forza has this great you know it's like a layered decal option where you can go in and 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 design from primitive shapes much more um detailed shapes and place that on things and i thought for certain that that was going to be in destiny because of Call the duty way. even like I, with design on the weapons and things like that i think absolutely and, yeah, absolutely. So it's not even like this doesn't exist. And I, I, I feel like I get it. I feel like I understand that um, th they don't want that headache of having to patrol every single decal that gets made because people are a rotten bunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Humanity is going to be its own downfall. And of course, yeah. Bungie can't give people unlimited options in this in this way, but I really thought de decals were going to be a thing. I thought you were going to be able to um, take pieces from one piece of armor or one piece of weapon and move it. And I, I broke it down in that series uh, for, for what would be considered um, just uh, an appearance and what would be functional uh, because both of those things exist. Um, and looking at where we are now with it, it is it is sad and it is hollow. And this whole transmogrification is is also a joke. Uh, but I mean, we can get to that later or I can dive into that right now. I've been waiting. <laughs> That's why we need a weapons 2.0, though, like weapons need an evolution. Like, you know, just like you had in your video, you should be able to take barrels and things like that and customize your weapons, you know, like. Yeah, I, I, we're going to talk about transmog in just a little bit in and, much, much more detail. Ready. <laughs> um, and there, I have some thoughts about transmog um, and the whole system they have set up for it. Me too. Um, let, me just, let me just say this. Remember in Halo Reach when there was the flaming skull and the only way to get it was if you grinded, you had to get like some really crazy xp score which means you had to grind like a million i think each and every day like you had to show up every day for like six months for you to get enough xp to buy that flaming skull and yes. when you made that purchase 
like you wanted to make sure the game didn't crash because like that was a lot of grinding a lot of xp that you could potentially lose so um had some good times but uh destiny 2 yeah we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in just a little bit but i do want to go back to guardian one and i want to learn more about how the guardian one podcast got started and how the guardian one network got started Fantastic. So the Guardian One podcast was actually the end result of those videos I made as Dear Bungie. Um, I I made these videos and then I watched the comments for people who wanted to engage with me about that. Uh, and so the first two people, uh, River and Crimson Warlock, I I plucked them right out of my YouTube comments. They had great. They had great. Con they had great thoughts about what could happen and so from there we we actually we actually did a couple of 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 sit downs and just talked about destiny before we recorded anything just to kind of see if the conversation would flow um and and like i mentioned actually i'm, I'm going through all of the guardian one as part of a project i'm going through all of the guardian one podcasts uh, to to look at all of the different things we thought of, that we wished would be in Destiny and versus them uh, to what is has come to pass. Like, I know that we talked about public events having a component that put them up to a more difficult and more rewarding uh, form. I know we talked about that long before heroic... Um, making them heroic was was a thing so i want to i want to go back and look at all those but so yeah so i i found them in the comment section we started chatting about destiny uh and then we started we started talking we started we started the podcast uh we actually right before we right before we started we added a guy named jez uh and and he was really he really rounded out everything because jez was kind of the it's from math he, class wasn't he at the time yes that's him uh, yeah, I remember Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that I think that he's still there. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he rounded us out in that he was kind of the he would poo-poo things. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Uh, but yes. that was important. That was important to me to have on the show. Like you, need I, that, I, you needed that feedback. You need the constructive yeah. criticism. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm like running wild with, with, uh, energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and so having him bring it back in was, it was important. I, I feel like some people might've listened just to see him, rein in the rest of us <laughs> um so yeah, yeah so we we started the podcast and from there uh it became clear that i i wanted to make a group that was about helping other people like because the 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 thing with guardian one uh is guardians helping guardians or at least in theory that's that's what i was aiming for um, and it's it's something that I, I took from Deej, actually, in, in one of his Bungie Weekly updates. Uh, he said, Guardians helping oh, Guardians, yeah. hell yes. <laughs> and I was like, that was it, because I had the feel of the group, but I didn't have, like, the tagline. And actually, Guardian 1 was born of the Pantera song, The Sleep. Uh, oh, song like like the sleep. that's such a great riff i love it, that song too it's such an amazing song and yeah. it, I, I suggest you go and listen to it it's it's amazing but 
the entire song encompasses what I was seeing in my head as I was trying to work on speculating what what I would want my group to be like. Uh, and so, you know, the the lyrics really, really drive home what I was trying to do with Guardian One. Um, and. Oh, man, I lost my train of thought is went right over the cliff. I, I, I started thinking about the sleep. Now I want to listen to it. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about it, too. Or it's playing in my head. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so. So actually, um, it was uh, in it, December 27, 2013, was when I made the uh, Guardian one. So it, it's been around for a while. Yep, there it is. It came from the Dear Bungie YouTube comments. I just I just picked the two people who were the most respectful and also, um, yeah, they just had great ideas and it was fun talking to them. And and again, this was before this was before we knew what Destiny actually was. So we actually imagined so Warlock wanted to be our armorer. Uh, much like in other games where you can focus on a class of character where you make armor that you then sell to other people. We figured that destiny would have something like this. Like he was going to be the clan armor. He was going to focus his time in getting as many people in good armor as possible. Uh, and then when that fell through, it was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> not only, not only do we not make armor, but we can't trade it. And I'm not even saying I don't understand that because I do. Uh, because imagine how much money people would make. Like, like recovery is our thing, but could you imagine if it was just this person didn't even have to go yeah. and, and buy my Gallerhorn? Yeah, mm-hmm. like they just got 50 of them because they run it every week, and then people are going to want that. Like, so I get it. You can't do that in an, in an ecosystem like that. I mean, other games do it, <laughs> but Destiny is not other games. Yeah. Destiny is a pretty unique game. Now, from a technical perspective, when it came to starting your podcast, was it difficult to get things off the ground and started? Or, like, back then, I would imagine we didn't have the technologies that we have today to be able to produce a podcast and get it up and running. So... I would say that what you're looking at is <clears throat> imagine like a galleon, right? Like a really old wooden vessel. Uh, and this vessel is going to take months to get across the ocean. Um, and we still have, we still have boats today, but they're made of different stuff. So it's basically the same thing, except for I was on a rickety wooden boat <laughs> that was moving super slow and half the passengers might die before we get to the other side. If we make it there at all, I feel like that's the most appropriate. <laughs> nice way. analogy. I like that. Because <laughs> We did it. We did it. But there was, mm-hmm. there was technical difficulties. There was times when, when my computer wouldn't want to run the software. Oh, yes. Didn't want to work. And yeah. Stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun when it worked and when it didn't, it was just like, pull my hair out <laughs> levels of. of yes. He knows. <laughs> and, Oh, man, I know, I know, I know. And I get it half the time, and it's like, at the worst possible times, just Craig leaves, and it's like, dude, 
did you really just have to leave right there? <laughs> right. That was it. <laughs> We'd have that happen too. Skype would start dropping people if someone left. <laughs> I got to Yes. Oh, you used Skype. Oh, man. We started with Skype. It was a train wreck. Shadow Price will vouch. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> we started out using Skype and like some crappy recording software on our phones. I couldn't even put that out. I was too embarrassed. It yeah, was that, really bad. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I, uh, you know what? Actually, we used Skype the entire time uh, because really, we ended up we ended up moving uh-huh. to video at some point uh, because we felt that moving to video was going to enhance interaction. Uh, you know, people seeing you uh, was something that could happen on Twitch, and we exported all of our shows also to YouTube, so. You know, having the videos, yep. yeah, and then we'd have like slides and things that we'd put up, or like images from the Bungie Weekly Update, which is what the Twab used to be. <laughs> Bungie Weekly um, Update—that's what we always call it. That still, it's always yeah. going to be the Bungie Weekly Update to us. You're going to yeah. feel right at home right here on the Destiny Show. We're OG. When we they changed it, the me and Corn were like, "Huh." What was that? <laughs> Why are they calling it the TWAB? And like, no. and like, where's it's Deej? The who's this Cosmo update. guy? <laughs> who's this Cosmo and who's this DMG guy? Like, what's up? Where's where's where's, where's Deej? Where's, where's Deej from Bungie? <laughs> right? Where is he right now? I miss Deej. I miss Deej in the community. Iron Galaxy, I think, is where he's at right now. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's done some great work for the Guardians, and we do appreciate him for all he has he- done. He's amazing. He's amazing. I've got to hang out with him. I've got to hang out with DMG. I've got to hang out with Cosmo. They're all they're all fantastic people. Yep. I hung out with Cosmo. Uh, at, uh, the, um, what was it? Destiny Con. When it was still called Destiny Con uh, down in Tampa in 2016. Oh, yeah. Yep. I talked to Cosmo on the podcast. That's that's what I got. And I'm sticking <laughs> with it. <laughs> that's all I got. Um, so speaking of podcasting. Four years ago, you made a difficult decision that after 148 episodes that you were going to end the show. Why was that decision made? Well, I tell you what, it wasn't as difficult as a decision that you might think, uh, because really, we ended the show right after it was the first show after Destiny 2 dropped, and I put off doing the show for a couple of weeks because, honestly, I just didn't have anything nice to say. And I know that it's it's a weird thing to say, but if you don't have something nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. And I, I hold true to that. And in the state that Destiny 2 was released was I had nothing nice to say. And that's not to say that there wasn't nice things to say about it, but... But honestly, and and this is a problem to this day, uh, I will still get uh, powerful drops, pinnacle rewards in slots that I don't need them. And and with how my destiny playtime has been scaled back in the last couple of years, I don't have time to just keep grinding for more. Like once I'm done with my pinnacles for the week, like that's the amount of time I have. And then if I don't get anything, and if I don't raise my power level, I'm not moving forward. I just feel so rotten inside. And so 
and so when destiny 2 released it was even worse than just this like like i quit the other night after i got the same drops in class item and the same drop in kinetic weapon and where if any of those any of those five had spread out to other options i would have raised my light level i would have i would have seen progression um, but the way Destiny 2 was released, I didn't have any kind of incremental progression, anything at all. There was no collections, so I didn't know. So there wasn't a way for me to say, well, I'm going to grind this area for this thing because I want to add it to my collections. There was no triumphs. So I couldn't just say, well, I'm going to log in and I'm going to get my 150 solar kills. You know, like there was no way for me to measure my progress forward. So I just felt like I was wasting my time. And so it wasn't so much a decision that, we weren't going to do the show anymore is as so much as we just didn't do the show anymore. There was a couple of weeks there where I was just like, I don't have anything nice to say. I'm really disappointed in the way that it was launched. Uh, and so, I mean, I could wrangle those other guys to get them on and to talk about destiny. But if I didn't have it, they didn't have it, you know, like they were experiencing the same things that I, they did for me. So <clears throat> it all ended, it all ended. It, it was basically over a month. And then every now and then, Every now and then a release would show up and I'm like, man, I really want to talk about this <clears throat> because just because there was I, I, continuing until just yesterday, uh, powerful gear being dropped in the same slots that I've already got those numbers. Um, I just didn't. There, yeah, there just wasn't anything for me. There just wasn't anything for me. And so I just I had to stop. I had to stop while I was ahead because it was just going to turn into me bitching. And I didn't want to do that. You know, like I, I love destiny. I love this whole time. Even, even those weeks that I wasn't doing anything, I was still looking at merchandise because the world is amazing. The world building is amazing. The gunplay is second to none. I, uh, I have sort of a weak uh, equilibrium and I get motion sick certain games when moving through first person shooters and things like this i'll get i'll get seasick by playing these games and destiny is one of the is like the only game that i can just play all day long and not feel at all tired my eyes don't get tired my uh, ability to not get sick doesn't get tired uh, and it wasn't actually until cyberpunk uh that i was able to play a first person shooter for longer than about 45 minutes before getting sick um wow right um and so yeah so I forgot where we were. Again. Cyberpunk made me really appreciate Bungie as a developer, despite all of its downfalls and shortcomings. Um, I definitely think that for me, Destiny 2 could have been better. But at the same time, like I invested four to five months building a computer pretty much so I can play Destiny. That was before we started the podcast. So that was my first experience playing Destiny in high frames, um, high refresh. And Field of vision. I, I thought it was amazing. I thought the campaign, I mean, look, it wasn't the best campaign. Like, certainly by far, but I definitely don't think that it was given enough credit. I think it should have been longer. It, it felt like it was an incomplete campaign, like the transition from you losing your light to all of a sudden you got your light back somehow. Like there was no context really given there. There was nothing in between to really 
filled out story progression. And that's where I think the game failed. The Leviathan raid as a whole, I think, despite what Shadow Price might think, I think it was a pretty decent raid. It still didn't compare to any of the raids in Destiny 1, in my personal humbled opinion. But I still think Destiny 2, like, it did certain things right. The art was really good. The music direction was really good. The gunplay was as good as it, you know, what you would expect from Destiny. But you're also getting better frames and better performance overall. I think High Moon Studios did a great job with that. Um, I'm curious, what was it about Destiny 2 that really, like, made you lose interest in the franchise from a gamer perspective okay so hearing your take on this has allowed me to more finely hone my thought on this and so my thought is what was there was fantastic like i have no i have no um problems with any of the story i have no problems with any of the graphics i have no problems with any of the sound the feel of the gunplay the 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 movement of the characters all of that is fantastic and honestly the best thing about destiny 2 was clamber like being able to not have to land on every single ledge was amazing like that was huge um and so everything that was in it was fantastic. It was really only the stuff that was left out that was the problem. Like the thing. Was, that, let me jump in here. Please. It was the stuff that was left out. That is the most like telling thing is like, how can we go from the most powerful that we've been in all of Destiny and during the Age of Triumph, basically? And we're like, we're we're super powerful. We just took down all the raid bosses again. We have all the weapons and we're, you know, we're just like and then we go into Destiny 2. We lose our light. I get the context. But then it's just like, we don't have ammo synthesis anymore. We don't have, like, Zer don't have Strange Coin anymore. Like, there's oh just so God. many things Banshee. that got... Yeah, Banshee got gimped of arms, his arms day. Like, the arms day was amazing. Yes. I mean... Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think... Bungie made Destiny way too powerful from the very beginning, right? Think about this. In the Vault of Glass, everything that you would get was very special and worth really grinding for and really taking the time, despite your low chance of getting... Yes, we're looking at you, Praetorian Foil. But um, a lot of things were very special and were really, really top tier in the Vault of Glass, they didn't really ever go past that. There wasn't anything that was, like, better than the Fatebringer. It was like, well, where's Fatebringer? What's going to really give us yes, that Yes, the Vault of Glass thing? weapons they, peaked. They, 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 they peaked at the Vault of Glass with those they weapons. They couldn't go further. They absolutely did. These weapons were too good, too iconic, and too special. That was the problem. And everything that came out after that, they tried to kind of reinvent and change and introduce radiant shards and, you know, um, all of the different currencies that they introduced in the various expansions that came out after that. Uh, I think that was one of the problems. I do think that, you know, changing how the weapons worked from like 
you know, not having ammo sense. And static rolls, not having random rolls, no chase. Rolls, oh my God. No, no yeah. chase. Absolutely no chase at all. Uninteresting weapons. Just, you could care less like about them. Just throw them away. Like you get one. It's like, all right, well, I'm done. The chase is over, you know? And that's what was just so like, I don't know, uh, disappointing. Yeah. At the time. It, it was a case of Bungie abandoning too many things that made the game great. Or 4v4 in the Crucible. They got rid of 6v4. Yeah, remember? that's another no thing. No 6v6. No bounties. We had no bounties, too, if you recall, as well. We had these challenges inside the, you know, when you hit the button for the um, probe, the ghost, you know. and But we had no bounties. Like, it was just like, what is this? How is this Destiny 2? This feels like, we feel like we've regressed you know and it's like that's that was my feeling that was my feeling so i'm with you remy i'm with you trust me but you know what yeah. and actually you both bring up a really great point so one of them is what was missing uh and, and i'm telling you what one of my favorite things was when they would refresh the vendor stock like here is specifically yes. dead orbits yeah. armor oh yeah. my Here's god dead orbits themed guns like i loved going and seeing what they were like like and so pre-season that was always what you yeah. did you went to the tower and you checked out all the new vendors all the new stuff it felt like, exciting and special and i think we talked about this before but going to the tower doesn't feel really as special anymore and i miss having that i miss having that the vanguard has a totally new set of weapons that we've never seen before like, I hate to say, I hate to be that guy who says, how hard could it possibly be to have the Vanguard have a new set of curated weapons? Like, I'm not even talking about special. I'm talking about just a specific role that, that Zavala is offering. Like, how come I can't get just here is his his guns this uh, season or whatever, you know? Like, and really, just recently, the gunsmith finally got his own that's going to, it changes bi-weekly. It changes every yeah. week. Um, and so that's fantastic. So, so no, you're totally right. So it's what they took away, random rolls. Uh, and that was a, that was a crazy, a crazy spot that they were in. But then also you're totally right. Like with destiny one, they came out swinging hard. They came out swinging. Like you could revive yourself as a warlock. Like that was yeah. the ultimate. Yeah. I, I played a bunch of I played a bunch of times as a warlock just because I knew yeah, that if I no fucked up, if I fucked mm -hmm. up and I died, my team wasn't going to be left in a rough spot. I was going to come right back and be like, hey, we're all good. Everything's good over here. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but then yeah. also things like Icebreaker, you know, as you'll notice, that hasn't shown back up. <laughs> yep. You know, so, so they said and Bungie takes it away. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Right. And that's uh, the thing. Those were those weapons were from Vanilla Destiny, those exotics, you know, and just like Korn said, they peaked at the beginning with those weapons. They peaked with the Vogue weapons and Vex being broken as it was when it released, being able to four tap somebody in the crucible, just zip, 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 dead. <laughs> you know, you know like, I didn't actually get that. I didn't actually get Mythoclast until like almost the very end of Destiny. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I used to run that every week, three characters, and just never got it over and over and over. Uh, okay, and it was let me ask so you frustrating. This. Did you ever delete a character in hopes of playing through the campaign and all the good stuff 
to get another chance of playing the raid so you can get your Vex Mythoclast or Galar Horn or whatever weapon you'd be chasing. So I almost did. I, I almost started doing that. Um, you didn't do it? I, oh, no. no I, had a really i had a i had a big conversation about it on the show and okay and i said you know what i think i'm going to delete my hunter because i don't know i started one of each character i wanted to see what was going on like titan i have titan in my heart the look of titan and the feel of titan and like i love being able to put up a shield just think to a spartan i guess right from like yeah. halo yeah i would say so absolutely uh, yeah. and so i felt comfortable with that like i don't know so the the titans are strong and the warlocks are smart and the hunters are assholes okay i got it <laughs> i want to be a titan <laughs> uh and so and so i i had this conversation on the show and they talked to me out of it they're like you know like you've already put a bunch of hours into this this hunter you know so what it was that i was trying to do uh, what i wanted to do uh, uh, somebody that I've been in contact with in the community for a long time, Destiny Overwatch. Uh, I think he's Destiny Shrike at this point. Um, Martin, uh, he would just delete characters and run run the same character to, in order to get those. You know, he didn't want to be 29 forever. <laughs> and so and so he 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 did that. And what's amazing is that I didn't do that. I didn't delete that character. And at the end of Destiny 1, I was a hunter. Like the last, probably the last year and a half of Destiny 1, I was a hunter. I was a sneaky, uh, a sneaky hunter. I used I the sealed, gra sealed grasp of Amkara so I could get oh, okay. two smoke bombs. Two smokes, two smokes. Yeah. Yep. And I would control the I would control the playing field. I, I enjoyed going into crucible and shutting down a, a way for people to get through because one of two things is going to happen. They were not going to engage me through that side or they're going to run through and I was just going to fucking mop them up. <laughs> yeah. So and cloaks. I love cloaks. Uh, I don't remember the name of this cloak, uh, but it was a black and white cloak with a red bird on it. I love that cloak. Oh um, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember you either. That's cool, and it's you know beautiful. I'd like the Scion cloaks too. The Scion cloaks yeah. were really cool that you got from the Scions. So I mean, they're trying with the strike exclusive loot, but they need to do more, like how it was in D1. You know, like even what they did with the skeleton keys and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like it was cool to be able to, you know, because they could you you know you had to rely on RNG to get those keys. Unfortunately, but yeah. they were still. You could still get it like there was still a piece for each of the strikes you know and it was you could get the armor you can get the weapons you know that was uh i liked that right that makes sense this is another thing they took like you know that we're slowly getting back you know in d2 and it's um i had another uh, it was just man there's just so many things that i just destiny 2 it was disappointing when it launched when, when it comes to how our guardian how you know the weapons and in the way the not having the random rolls having the crucible like missing modes not having rift um yeah there's just, it, it was just so many things that there were too was, many things that went wrong with that launch that i think definitely made players feel like they felt abandoned and not heard and i think a lot of the blame was put on Activision initially 
And we'll talk more about this. Uh, like we do have a whole separate segment just dedicated to this. So we'll definitely spend some more time diving into that. Um, but Remy, I'm curious, what were some cool surprises and memorable moments that you can share with us from your time in the Destiny community? I mean, you have met some really interesting individuals and some even Bungie developers. Absolutely. And you know what else it helped with that is that I live like 30 minutes from Bungie right now. So, so... Right. And so whenever cool. I'd see these things, you know, like they would do, there would be like these public events where they would invite people down. Uh, and, you know, all of the Bungie developers live in this area, too. So so I would go to these events and see them or uh, early, early on, Deej invited me to this to this gathering of developers and um and and like youtubers and things like that and i spent the night hanging out with dato and more console and we just we would we would take turns like branching out and talking to people and then coming back and sharing uh what we're doing i met luke smith that night i met jason jones that night so that night i i was like i was like you oh, met the so, guy jason jones. yeah i met the guy right. and he's cool wow. i can't <laughs> believe that he like like i want to know what he's doing right now i would pay to know what he's doing uh because oh, because <laughs> it's got to be awesome, right? Um, but yeah, he, I'm thinking he's doing stuff with Matter, right? Like they're they're working on Matter, like the team, probably, in the background. Yeah. So they're probably working on Matter. I'm yeah. sure he's like you know just sitting up and overseeing things and stuff. But he's also he's probably got he's doing so many things right now. Probably he's probably staying busy. Okay, he's not like yeah. you can't just give call him up. It's right. funny, though, we haven't seen him in a while. You know, right, we know absolutely. he's still in charge, you know, at Bungie. You know, he's like, he's the top dog. But it's like, you know, what is he doing, right? <laughs> right, the people are at the gates, like, give us Jason Jones heads! And Luke Smith kicks down the door, he's like, I'll take care of this. <laughs> i got to ask, like, how, how did you get to meet Luke Smith? How did that interaction come about? So it was actually at that at that gathering that I was just mentioning. Okay. He was he was just standing against the wall and I walked up and I just told him I was a big fan of what he was doing. And I asked him, oh, I asked him, I actually asked him and Jason Jones. I said, so tell me about the Solar Titan, because at the time there was no Solar Titan. <laughs> uh and so oh, yeah. they, they both had a good laugh about that. Uh and uh I believe I, one of their answers was, I don't have yet enough alcohol in me to discuss that. Uh, <laughs> jokingly, obviously, they're not going to they're not going to break break in their NDA for well, that, that was before the Taken King then, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. And so I, I met a ton of people. I've met a ton of people that night. I've I've uh, I went to every PAX that there was that, that 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 Bungie had an event even the ones where they didn't have anything on display they would still host like a uh, like a cosplay uh fan gathering where some of the developers would show up actually you know what i want to mention michael williams right now senior engineer so he is actually the reason that i started dear Bungie. i, I made notes for tonight so i wouldn't forget things and i've already forgotten things but 
in uh, a mail stack, a mail sack between storms, um, he's quoted as saying, you know, like, I'm not going to say quoted. That, that was actually my line <laughs> in the video. Uh, but he was saying that he, he's excited to see people's speculation and excitement. And so that's what kept me going. Like, that's what that's what pushed me to make those videos that are so ridiculously wrong uh, that he... And and that's what got the ball rolling for everything. That's why I'm on this show right now is because he said it was fun to see people's speculation and excitement. And I actually got to meet him at this last PAX that took place. Uh, I think it was 2019, his last one, right? Uh, I was I was taking a picture of this amazing cosplay, this amazing Vex cosplay. And I see this guy walking by me and I'm like, oh my God, I think that's him. Like, like, you know, it's not like they're rock stars. They have their album pictures up everywhere, but, you know, they're not invisible either. And I said, are you are you Michael Williams? Uh, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have a story to tell you <laughs> because because all of that time I've spent so much, so much energy and so much time on on destiny and and learning about it and breathing it. And and so, yeah, so I, I met a ton of people there. Um uh, I got to go to the Destiny 2 release party. Uh, I still what? have my I still have my band, my little uh, my black Destiny 2 release party band. Uh, and I got to hang out with just developers all night. <laughs> and it was fantastic. That's so cool. <laughs> right. Uh, and I just I've just found myself in so many cool situations. Um and I just I don't know, I'm I, I love Destiny. I love Destiny. I love Bungie. Like I have a, I have a lot to say uh, pro and con. But, you know, hands down, like I, I still play Destiny, even when it frustrates me. It, it, I actually looked on my wasted on Destiny profile and it says the longest I've ever not played Destiny was 31 days. And that's that was a huge that was a huge period of time where I was just like, I cannot possibly look at this game anymore. And, and and it goes right back to destiny wants you to raise your power level so that you can do these activities. But if you do all these activities and you don't raise your power level, then that whole week was wasted. I should have just waited until the next week. And I, and it was that, it was that feeling that just washed over me every single time, every, it, even now, even now when I get a, a piece of gear, I don't need uh, in, in a slot that I already have a thing. I'm like, that's it. I just can't do this. I'll play, I'll play anything else. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I, uh, I even got to, I even got to chat up a lot of the developers uh, again, including Jason Jones, uh, on the destiny release day, they had like a public event at, at the studio and they had this huge, uh, this huge fallen drop ship that was like crashed to the ground, like out in, in this huge thing. Um, and, and I believe it was Pete Parsons was supposed to was supposed to parachute out of a plane. (laughs) (laughs) And so and so we're all waiting for Pete Parsons to jump out of this plane and land like they had like blocked off part of the street so that he could land on this area. And so we watched this plane go by and then we watched the plane go by again and then we watched the plane go by again and it disappears. Oh my god! He decided better. He's like, man, what am I doing? You know, like I'm I'm about to launch this game. Like I should probably be around to see that happen. <laughs> um, I uh, I actually got a couple of things. Uh, they were giving out shirts, 
Um, and I don't know. I, I, I've always thought about giving away a couple of these shirts that I got from the Destiny 1 release. Uh, but then I think, I don't know, who even wants these things? And then I think, well, I mean, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I've I've gotten I've gotten to hang out with with people. Um, Bife, I've known Bife since the very beginning. Uh, Bife's been to my house. Uh, my wife, my wife made dinner for Bife, uh, and we sat around and we we went over my uh, my multiplayer footage, uh, and I got tips from him, uh, and we. We laughed and we cried and it was good times. <laughs> Bife is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Bife's been covering the game for a really long time with, uh, you know, the uh, Guardian Radio and then Reach Forge Network before yep. he did went off mm -hmm. on his own. Yep. Yeah, his his videos are awesome. I always enjoy his long form story based videos. Right. That's fantastic. Bife's fantastic. So next question we have for you, what do you do in your free time when you're not playing Destiny or podcasting? Well, are, are you podcasting still? No, I am not podcasting still. I, I, I entertain the idea every once in a while because I'll have this welling up of wanting to talk about Destiny. Uh, and then and I'll get another class item and it just extinguishes it. I'm like, I got nothing nice to say. <laughs> But but basically every release that's come out, I've 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 had a bunch of opinions and I've I've wanted to talk about it. And I've also I've actually also considered just doing like reviews, sort of like making a video where I just talk about my opinion, because I don't know, I even I like to watch videos about people's opinion. One of my favorites right now, and this is actually a, a little side project that I've been working on, is there is a drum cam of Danny Carey for the song Numa by Tool and I oh love I love this video I love that song I love watching people watch this video uh and so I've been I've been kind of collecting every single one of these um reaction videos and I'm I'm looking to make sort of like a a, a collection, like not one right after the other, but sort of pointing out like, oh, I love when this happens, you know, when when somebody who knows what's happening knows that this shouldn't be happening because there's there's way different views that people have. There's people who don't play drums who are like, this is amazing. And there's people who do play drums who are like, this is amazing. And so and so at some point, every single one of these people listening to it, they get this furrowed brow. And I believe that's their third eye opening forcibly. Like, like they are hearing this. They are experiencing oh my God, the words. <laughs> uh oh, did I? <laughs> um, yeah, huge tool fan. Here. And and Perfect. so yeah, so I I feel like they are right that second. Their third eye is opening, and so I'm going to point that out as well because every single one of these people does it. Every single one of these people who watches it does it. So I don't, I'm not podcasting, but every now and then I I think about it. Actually, I have a group that's ready to roll right now. Unilala and Chaos, uh, these two Destiny uh, icons uh, would be amazing to have as part of the show. And the idea of just sitting down, like I love getting together and chatting. I love this. I love this, and I miss this, especially in the in the day of COVID. Like, not like I get to go places and chat with people either. So, I mean, I was already a hermit long before COVID showed up. 
so so podcasting was how I got to interact with other people. Um, but yeah, I, I've sort of a sort of a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I'm raising some children who I love very much, uh, and so I think about I think about streaming with them, like taking them out as a fire team uh, because they say funny shit. <laughs> my kids are so funny. I was showing my youngest, uh, my six year old Richard. I was showing him this video. They were trying to show you how gravity works. And it was this man had this uh, it was like a, a trampoline covered in some kind of uh, fabric. And so he showed like the visualization of gravity is this heavy object in the middle of this. And so when you when you put something when you put like a smaller object on it, those smaller objects are attracted to it. Like this was how they were visualizing this. And I was like, look, uh, bear, I call him bear. Uh, I said, look at this is how this is this is how gravity works. And he looks at me. And he says, how did they trap it? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like that's that's hilarious. I, I, I feel like people would love to watch that. But while we're playing Destiny. <laughs> Uh, right. I so, didn't yeah. think about this. I didn't think about this. <laughs> I have four kids. We don't have to look for people for raids or nightfall. All I have to do is grind with them. Right. Just bring the kids. There we, have, we have a fire team. Yeah. Right. My, my eldest just turned 13. Uh, and when when um, Crota came out, um, him and I would run just him and I and when he was six at the time, we would just run the first two parts of that raid. Uh, to get the to get the the gear, um, and it was fun. It was fun, uh, you know, sneaking around those uh, sneaking around those thrall, taking out those mm -hmm. those ogres, uh, and then he would climb to the top of the tower and shoot all those people with his icebreaker. Oh and, yeah, and I would the, yeah yeah, and I would fly across with the sword, uh, yeah. and he would and he would cover me while I cowered because those things were going to kill me. It was. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun doing that as a two-man raid all the time. Me and Corn, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh so yeah, so I'm uh I'm I'm just sort of looking at everything. I also enjoy making music. Uh I've thought a lot about um I've thought a lot about making well, first of all, just regular music, like music that could be listened to by anyone. But I also think a lot about making like a destiny themed album. Like there is a ton I could take almost literally any lore entry and use those words as part of a song, you know, like like so much of it is already beautifully crafted. Um, what I'd really like to do is get with somebody like a non pig. I don't know if you guys are following him. Amazing person in the Destiny community. Uh, like he is he is to me the most interactive person he will answer any question. He will engage with anyone about anything. Uh, and his answers are succinct and they are backed up with his, his great knowledge and his thirst for all things destiny. Like I would want to get with him. And I think I'd want to do is something like, all right, well tell me about this person. Tell me, tell me about this person's character. Tell me about their relationships. And I would want to write a song with that kind of backing, with that kind of real backing. Um, I actually have a bunch of little musical sketches that I've kept around for a long time that I was thinking about turning into a smaller album uh, about Exo's dreams. 
because it's like here is 45 seconds here's a minute and a half of a feeling like i've captured a feeling and so much of it seems to me like something that would be something that would play in the very few remaining moments of an exo's life uh and and so like i don't know i before there was before there was stasis the plan my plan to make a destiny band was it was going to be nine people uh one of each uh class with one of each subclass and you know like like each each person would have their own personality and i I mean i would play all the parts because i don't know anybody else who wants to make destiny music um which is funny because there's people making destiny music i would um Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I also enjoy doing art uh, and really video games and raising my children. That's that's what I'm doing. Ooh, also, my kids are like super into Roblox. And so I'm looking into oh, Roblox, uh, Roblox development. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and so it's it's easy to get started in. And I don't know. I, it's just that's what do I do a... outside of Destiny. Do you have a Switch at all, Remy? I do. They they just released in this game builder garage that's coming out next month that you can be able to build your own games like with Nintendo like uh you know properties. Like I not actual that. IPs, but Nintendo tools yes. that they they created. And you're gonna be able to make those. And then right. I think the game's only like thirty bucks. So I mean it's a good no, place it looks to fantastic. start. Right. For game development for, you know, kids and adults alike. Right. I've actually yeah. I've actually done work with uh, the Unreal Engine before and also Unity. Oh, it just nice. never went anywhere. Like so. So my problem and the reason why I need to be on a team of people is because I'm the dreamer in the group. I'm the person who who says, let's do this and this and this. And then I need someone like Jez to come along and be like, well, how about this and this? Uh, that's not yeah. going to work. Like I need someone to reel me in and I need someone to help push us forwards because otherwise I'm just going to keep uh, processing. Like a lot of times I will just sit and process and just work through options uh, for Halo 3 and Halo Reach. They had this thing called the Forge. And let me tell you, I've been so, so oh, ready. <laughs> I've been so ready for this to come out in Destiny because... It was, was going to mention this earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, 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 because at the time there was so many like Halo machinimas and mm-hmm. like, it's like there's two, all of them wanted to be funny. Most of them weren't funny. All of them wanted to be funny. And I thought, what if we took the action that happened in a real game of Halo? Because there's been nail biting moments. There's been heart pounding moments in these games where it's a competitive. It's a it's a competition. It is a my will over yours. And I thought, what if I combined real games of Halo, but with the shell of like a a sports news network? And so I spent years actually developing this thing called the UDL, which was meant to live in this Halo world. Uh, But then uh, 343 took over Halo and I lost complete interest in it, which is sad because I hear and see that the forge that came with 4 and beyond was amazing. They took it to so much greater levels. And so I basically the first the first two years of getting to meet Destiny people like the the devs. I'm like, man, when are we going to have forge mode? When are we going to have theater mode? Uh, and every single time 
the answer was, and it was it, this must have been like a company, a company wide uh, approved answer, because every single time Eric Osborne was the first one to give it to me, Irk, he said to me, he said, well, we didn't have Forge until Halo three. And so and so I'm like, OK, fine, you're going to make me wait until Destiny three. But now we're not going to get to Destiny three because it looks like we're just going to sit on Destiny two. No. <laughs> yeah. Forge and matter, maybe, you know, <laughs> right, right. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Anyways, I feel like I've gone off topic. Yeah, no, I I wish Destiny had Forge because I think that would open a lot of doors, a lot of opportunities for customizing the gaming experience. And maybe the Crucible wouldn't be as oh. dire of new content, and new maps, but yeah, because we could make our own topic. Yeah. But uh, I digress just ever so slightly. So, Remy, you've had 148 successful episodes in Destiny podcasting with some pretty amazing guests. Now, do you have any episode that really sticks out to you as one of your favorites that you want to share with us? Uh, let's see. I mean, we had a lot of we had a lot of really great we had a lot of great people on. Uh, we had Six Trez. We had Alicia Rose. Blue Crew was on. Terrace Lily was on. Blue Crew, we had great, Fuzzle, great right? Fuzzle. Uh, yeah. yeah, Fuzzle. We had Mark Square. Uh, we had Lay's Summerstone. Uh, we had Air Bubbles. She does a great Queen of the Reef. Um, we had Datto on. We had Bifon. Yeah. Uh, but probably, probably my favorite episode was with my dad having my dad oh, on because awesome. he's a huge destiny player. Like he's a it's huge really cool. destiny player. And, and what's funny about my dad being a huge destiny player, cause he's got more kills than me. I think he's got like 350,000 kills. Uh, wow. and, and I'm just creeping up on 300,000 right now. So, so the, what's funny about that is that he doesn't step anywhere near raids uh, he doesn't step anywhere near like special content. Like I don't think he's ever done Glycon. Um, and I've thought about running him through it, but he's he's way finicky. He's way finicky. Like oh, Crucible. Like, does he go to Crucible? Oh. He does not go to Crucible. <laughs> he is not a Crucible guy. And and <laughs> and actually, I didn't invite him into Guardian One for a long time because we'd be playing, and then something wouldn't go his way, and he's like, "I'm done." And I'm like, wait, you can't just leave. And my mom's like, hey, those people are, you know, they need you to finish. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he will just leave. Um, <laughs> but it was it was really cool having him on the show because it, it, just like having Jez and his uh, contrarian sort of ways, I love I love when people have you know issues you know i love hearing the real the real side of things and having him on was really a lot of fun because he didn't pull any punches you know and 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 that's i've always known exactly what he's thinking because it's exactly what's coming out of his mouth <laughs> so that he can play though like he can play the sticks and everything he's got yeah. three hundred thousand kills i tried to get my dad into destiny he's like he can't do it his hands just didn't allow him to do it you know it's just <laughs> Right. I got lucky. I got lucky because uh, I feel like my dad is part of like a middle generation. Like I think he's I think he's part of the boomers, but I think that he's on the ass end because 
my raising contained deep purple and sticks and Dio and like yeah, all kinds of deep fantastic purple, rock Ryan and roll. Heap, Jeff Tall. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. White Snake, Night Ranger. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's like it was basically anything that had any any cool rhythm. Like he actually told me that ACDC just Rush. put out a new album. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did. Actually. <laughs> and he says it's really good. <laughs> yeah, the song I heard from it, really, really good. Um, so yeah, so so uh, having him on the show was was a lot of fun. Uh, and I feel like if I ever did the show again, I'd love to have him on. Or actually, you know what? I'd really love to have my mom on because my mom doesn't play video games, but she won't let him play anything else when she's around. <laughs> like she's she's told him if you want to play video games while I'm around, it has to be Destiny. Uh, and I. Right. I, I think she does. I think she, but yeah. I think this goes back to I don't remember where I read this and I wish I had kept notes on this because at some point I read where Bungie took a lot of time um, reading people's eyes and how people's eyes interact with the screen and how the most important part of the screen was the cone right up the middle. It's like the three or four inches in the middle of the screen is where people spend most of their time looking. So what they did was they made sure that that was the most taking care of aspect of the field of vision. And they just made sure that the rest of it fell in line with that. And I think that that's why I'm able to watch it so long. I think that's why my mom doesn't want him to play anything else. I, I feel like she can watch it because it's not erratic in how the camera moves. It's not erratic in aiming the weapon. You know, it's, it's all very calculated. It's all very metered. You would uh, think something small as that would be such a, you know, big asset in such a technical like detail though in the game that you know that they paid attention to the people's eyes right you know, that's that's impressive right eye strain is a real real thing and and alleviating that means more playtime for people uh and so i think i'd like to have her on the show because i want to know if she even knows who these characters are i'd be like who's Cade? you know <laughs> because either either she's going to yeah. tell me or she's going to respond I don't know. Who's Cade? <laughs> who's Shax? Who's, uh, who's Ikora Ray? <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, mm. So, yeah. So, that's, uh, I'd say that was probably my favorite episode, having my dad on. That's really awesome. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So, on a slightly different topic, who inspired you and your work in the Destiny community? You've done a lot. From podcasting to YouTube to working with fellow content creators, attending different events, who inspired you? So I would say that the first person that stood out to me was a YouTuber named Destiny Updates. Um, I don't I don't know if 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 you guys would know who he was because I mean, he was huge at the time. He was bigger than more console at the time. Do you guys know destiny updates? Sounds familiar. This was like way back in destiny one, right? Like yes. This was, yeah. yeah. The name sounds super familiar. Yeah. His videos, uh, really inspired me because he made it look so simple. Like, like his videos were him, uh, just sharing his thoughts and opinions on this. And I just was like, this is it. Like I've, I've always like, I don't know. I have, I have some pretty incredible. Um, what is that where you don't think that you can do something or you shouldn't be doing something because you're not talented enough. 
whatever that one is, uh, imposter syndrome. <laughs> I've got some pretty incredible imposter syndrome. And so I think to myself, well, I can't do this. And the way he broke it down really, really inspired me. And I feel like it was one, I feel like he started doing a segment called Dear Traveler or something like this, which was, you know, things that he wanted to see in the, in the show, in, in the game. And I was just like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to, I want to theorize based on, on clues that Bungie has given out. Uh, you know, even when they weren't clues, uh, let me tell you how hard my jaw hit the floor when Deej tweeted out, hey, this week we're talking about the director. What do you think that is? And I was like, oh, my God, theater mode, theater mode. No, the director is not theater mode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so really Destiny Updates was was a huge push. Uh, and at the same time, Datto, Datto was making some really great videos. And I feel like, I feel like it was, it was probably them, Datto and, um, and Destiny updates. Uh, bef right after I did those Dear Bungie, uh, but before I started doing the podcast, I joined this group called um, Destiny Dispatch. Uh, and the Destiny Dispatch had, they were they were pretty big. They had their own um, uh, whatever that bungee, you know, creator corner was where they interview people who make Destiny content. Uh, and so they were doing their own podcast and and I would actually do the podcast. I would I would go in and, and make the video for it. I animated like this little the little antenna uh, ripples. And also I put in a timer that was just it was a cutout in the in the get in the image they gave me but it it kind of as as time went by the little meter went by so you could visually see how far you were into the podcast without having to touch the thing uh and this is actually where i met bife because he said on twitter he's like we should do a a community thank you video and so i was like hey guys we should do this community thank you video seeing that Oh, I remember seeing that. Yes. Okay. Uh, and and so and so we had reached out to Bife and there was like a misunderstanding where he thought we were trying to steal his idea. And I was like, no, let's just we're just trying to get this rolling. And so we ended up like him and I ended up talking for a long time. And it was exactly one of those moments where it's like friendships born out of um strife are the strongest and we just we just hit the ground running after that uh, i loved that video it was crazy too because it was so it was so young in the community uh that really there wasn't there wasn't naysayers yet like anybody who was really involved in destiny community destiny content creation in the beginning was basically pro destiny it hadn't yet reached the phase where people started um really tearing it down uh, and so that was really cool. That that that's definitely something I put on my notepad that I didn't want to mistake or that I wouldn't want to miss, uh, and I almost did. <laughs> and now I've forgotten the question. <laughs> Remy, on that note, what is next for you on your journey as a content creator? Where will the journey take you next? Man, that is an open-ended question. And I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> I, I uh, <clears throat> Right now, what I'm doing uh, is... 
I, I, it's a dual, it's dual purpose. Part of me is trying to find something that I can do from home that will, that will pay the bills. Like I would like to not have to go back out into the public, um, that I don't want to. I mean, as soon as karaoke is a thing again, I'm there. Uh, and actually I'm halfway through my Pfizer shots. So, okay. So I actually I'm, just finished my Moderna. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on getting back to some sort of normalcy, but, and at the same time, I would love to be able to stay here and, and raise my kids and, and, and when whatever it is that I'm doing, have that be, and I've, I've looked into streaming and I've looked into like other content creation. Like there's a lot of people who make just videos about, it's just them reacting to a video and i think to myself i can do better than just react i can also analyze i'll go back and i'll look at it um and i don't know i don't know if that has anything uh at the end of it but also perhaps making games you know like i, I love i i feel like because destiny isn't what i wanted it to be entirely because there is no grinding to make armor for other people there is no forge to throw myself into there is no theater mode mode with which to create this next level content that i planned on making in destiny because it's light um i i i would love to make games i would love to make a zelda style game like i love adventure games and i and i love the idea of storytelling um other than that, in the Destiny world, though, I, I still I still think about starting the podcast back up all the time. I still have so much to say. I still have so much to do, even even with how Destiny rolls out. You know, it, it, this is actually something I wanted to bring up earlier. You were saying something about how all of the stuff is over. I've always hated that about Destiny releases. It's like I play through all of the missions and then everything's back to where it should have been at the beginning. I like where they're going with this, where here it's night and I feel like it's going to be night for a while, right? They're not just going to, it's not just going to go back to sunshine. Like, like I, I want there to be more to chew on, but, but right now what I'm doing is I made a TikTok uh, because I want to reach out and I want to find guardians to play with again. My, my destiny playtime right now is almost always solo. Uh, you know, sometimes I play with my kids uh, and, and they enjoy it. They enjoy destiny. Uh, and sometimes I play with my dad, uh, but it's not, it's not the push to become better. I'm always the top scorer <laughs> when I play with these people. Uh, and so I, I want to find like-minded guardians to, to play with. I would love to go through vault of glass with a team of people who are patient and friendly and fun to be around, uh, but also who want to achieve. I feel like the I feel like I've only come across two kinds of people: either way too laid back or way too upfront. Uh, and and I feel like I strike a very nice balance where I do want to achieve, I do want to push forward, I do want to solve this, and at the same time, shit happens. Like that's that's been a motto of mine forever. <laughs> now, where do you play Destiny? again so i play destiny either on my series x or my playstation 5 oh you do <laughs> i do i do and you know how i you know how i accomplished this uh, just as an aside is there's a there's a program called offer up uh where you go and you find other people who are basically scalping uh but 
what the key to how I made this work for myself is don't overpay by more than $100. Because really, when I think about it, uh, I, I paid $100 more than MSRP, and I am happy as a pig in shit about this. And let me tell you what, I wanted that PlayStation 5 so bad that I could taste it. Uh, and I hope at some point we get to a segment where we can talk shit about PlayStation because how do you fucking drop the ball like they did with PlayStation 5? Like, I don't want to open up my PlayStation to an advertisement. That sucks. I want themes back, man. What the fuck is wrong? Anyways, uh, so yeah, so I, I'm looking for people to play with. I'm looking for people to play with on a regular basis. I want to achieve... Um, and at the same time, I do have kids. At some point, I'm going to have to get up and make a sandwich or clean up a mess. And I need people who are going to be understanding of that. I need people who are going to understand that that shit happens. And, and at the same time, I will also offer them that same courtesy. You know, like it's not it's not the end of the world. But I, I want to do Vault of Glass day one. I want to I want to go in there. Uh, I want to I no less than getting the ring. I want no less than getting the ring. And that's in the first week, right? I will tell you what, my friend. We are actually planning on doing it on PlayStation 5. We're sharing our brain. We're sharing our brain right and now. And yep. we are looking for at least one or two or possibly three more people to join us on the journey. And yeah, we're, we're on the same frame of thought there so we'll definitely link up after the podcast please that would be fantastic <clears throat> that would be fantastic yes, we both play on playstation we we i dragged corn back on the ps5 we did play on pc for a while and i just kind of got sucked back in the play because the game started running like crap on my pc all of a sudden and then i'm like okay so i got a ps5 and then I started playing on there. I'm like, this is great. I get no drop frames or nothing, and it looks 60 frames. Looks great. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> 120 in, uh, in Crucible if you've got a TV that takes it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of that, so Shadow Price kind of convinced me to go to PlayStation 5. However, I left behind my really fancy PC that has a RTX graphics card and I refresh. So the TV that I had wasn't really cutting it any longer. So I had to buy a new TV. What'd you get? I got a Samsung. I don't know. Serif, I think is what it's called. It was. You got a QOAD uh, quantum dot. It was an MSRP mm -hmm. 1500 bucks. I think I got it out the door for like 649. Wow. Uh, so like it was a really good deal. I couldn't really say no. So uh, he had to see a man about a horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I so that. I ended up getting I ended up getting the Series S, and I was blown away. You know, sixty frames a second was fantastic. And this was something that I actively did not seek out before I had an an ability to do this. Like like I know I knew that people were playing at higher frame rates on PC, but I didn't want to look into it because why would you want to know something about something you can't have? Why would I torture myself with that? Uh, and then, so I got the series S and I was, I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, but right before, uh, before all this, um, this COVID stuff, I worked at Best Buy. So I, I knew what was going on with TVs. I knew there was a really good 4k TV that came out that was fantastic. So I got that 4K TV and then I was like, oh man, now I really, 
now I really want that. Did you get the OLED? You have the yeah, OLED, Remy? I did. I uh, I ended CX? up. I, yeah, the sixty-five oh. CX OLED. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> How did it. you know? <laughs> because it is the gaming TV. It is the top of the line, one hundred tops, the, the highest rated gaming TV right now. It just everything pops on that TV. It's amazing. You know what? And I, I find myself saying out loud, no shit, every single time, like, that looks fantastic. <laughs> like, every single time I go, like, even to the tower, even somewhere I've been a bunch of times, like, the, mm -hmm. the, it's just so crisp and it's just so smooth. Uh, and I love it, love it, love it, love it. I actually stopped off on the, um, what was it? It was the Nano. Um, the, the Nano. nano. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. The picture was amazing. But what was wrong with that is that there was quadrants of where the backlight would light up. And I would oh. see that as I moved the little magic marker, the magic pointer across the screen. I would watch the different the different squares light up behind it. And it was just so it just took me out of it so much. And that's when I decided to go up to the CX because. Yeah. I needed I needed per pixel <laughs> fidelity. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I I wanted to get one. I had one at my port. I had one at my house here like a uh, day after Christmas. I was going to take it, but I, I told the guy to bring it back because I just I want I, did, I couldn't spend fourteen hundred dollars right after Christmas. And it was just the 55 inch for me. I was just going to get the 55 inch, but you got the 65 inch. So that book's probably even more fantastic yeah it's it's incredible and the playstation 5 looks amazing on it i got demon's souls because oh, people nice. were saying that that was like that was the game to display a playstation's power for and mm -hmm. and i enjoyed it for the first hour i tried I, I i never even got past that beginning part of the game i don't know how anybody does the difficulty uh, yeah yeah the, the difficulty is games. nuts the mm -hmm. difficulty is nuts, you know, or even I really wanted to enjoy Breath of the Wild, but I spent my entire two hours in there just trying to find a fucking weapon. Like, like I'd find a stick and I'd defeat somebody with that stick and I'd have to go find another stick. Like, how do you and I understand it's right, fantastic right? <laughs> and I yeah. understand that I have to sound like an idiot, <laughs> like a total video game noob. I just couldn't get past uh, weapon degradation at least yeah. not as how fast it degraded degraded there uh so yeah so demon souls was cool i i wish that i played further into it um but really destiny is so beautiful destiny's always been beautiful too even when the i was playing at some point in the beginning on a on a xbox 360 and a PlayStation 4. Let me tell you what, those two systems are pretty are pretty different. <laughs> but when I was playing on the Xbox 360, it, it it didn't feel like I was playing a subpar version of the game. And now I can't even imagine what the 360 version versus the Xbox Series X would look like. Yeah, I did it for a long time and there was this, I don't know if it was an excuse or an example, but they said, "Oh, we're not going to up the frames because we wanted to have a more cinematic look to it." And I get that. Uh, but then, yeah, but playing up in the 60 frames register or 120 in Crucible, I can't I can't see it any other way. Like it's it's so. Oh, and then field of vision, field of vision, being able to change field of vision. I play at 95. 95 is my comfortable place. I can't yeah. play. I can't play standard destiny anymore because it's the field of vision is so small. 
the you movement that you have and everything when it's uh, you know, you have the high frame rates and you have the good fuel of vision it just like it's a truly realized destiny you know it's yeah. like it, it is the best in the business when it comes to gunplay and just everything you know the movement the yeah. gunplay it just it goes hand in hand it's very it's it's just uh, it's amazing the way it feels and looks you know what I usually do with my playtime outside of Destiny is anything other than a first-person shooter, because honestly, right. ev everything yeah. has fallen so far short from what what Bungie yes. is able to do with Destiny. Like Destiny is best in class. Destiny is it feels right. It feels great. It's fun. I love the movement. I love the gunplay. Guns have personalities, not just yes. what they look like, what they sound like, what they shoot, but how they feel you know and i just don't get that anywhere else the closest i've seen is that cyberpunk like i was telling you and i really i do love cyberpunk it, it's a really fun game i spent the first 40 hours of that game was just doing side quests was just literally walking down the street and stopping bad guys from doing bad things <laughs> i didn't realize that 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 keona reeves was actually even in the game until 40 plus hours in <laughs> and he plays a big part of the game yeah uh so yeah so there's nothing there's nothing better than destiny like 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 bungie is at the top of this uh and i don't know i i wish that i ever played call of duty I don't play Call of Duty because I mean, even even way back in the day, I've always been Halo slash Bungie because I felt like in Halo, I could find out that somebody had seen me because they're attacking me and I still had an opportunity to address that person or I still had an opportunity to take cover or do something about it. Anything other than seen killed. That's it. Like, that's what uh, happens in Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like there is that that's not fun. That's not nope. fun at all. Uh and there's no way to grow from that. What do you what do you want me to you want me to grow into a corner? You want me to to grow into hiding and waiting till people walk by? That sucks. Although I will say in Reach, my favorite ability was the was the decoy. <laughs> so oh, many yeah, people yeah. so many people <laughs> fell for that decoy. Yeah, I'd did. run that thing right out in the middle, and as soon as someone opened up, I opened up on them. <laughs> it was so yeah. much fun. Oh, I wish there was a decoy in Destiny. I can't believe how much I fell for the armor lock too. Every time I tried to run someone over, I was like, you know what? There's no way they had this. Oh no, they they totally had that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Guardians, what an amazing conversation. Thank you, Remy, so much for sharing your awesome journey in the Destiny community and a little bit more about yourself and Guardian 1. We're going to continue the conversation about all things Destiny 2 with our State of Destiny 2, a retrospective look at the last seven years. We have some quickfire topics that we're going to talk about here tonight. Some pretty hot topics that I know we've been really, really excited to dive into. And the first thing that I wanted to discuss would be the different content models that we've been getting for not the major expansions, but kind of that in-between content. We've historically been getting season passes and expansion passes and just straight up seasons. 
And I'm curious, us all being veteran players in Destiny, playing through Destiny 1, buying the expansion pass, buying the season pass, which content model works better in Destiny? Is it the season pass that we're getting now, or is it the expansion pass that we got with Destiny 1? Or maybe the answer is something in between. That's a really great question. Uh, I feel like I'll just start talking now because I love to hear myself talk, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I actually meant to say this at the top of the show. I meant to say, please just cut me off if you have something to say because... I don't know. You said you've seen the shows, so you know, you know, I like to talk. Uh, But I feel I feel like the the population at large enjoyed the season pass more uh, than than the content, the way we have it now. I feel like buying one thing, one product and then having it go over these this time period. I feel like that's really I feel like that's what most people want. It's what most people can digest easily. Um, I, again, this actually goes back to it's only ever the things that they don't put in destiny that I, I really have a problem with because I've, I've, I, I would pay right now to have an apartment in the tower where I could put like my favorite guns up on the wall or if I could, you know, decorate it somehow. I would pay to have that or pay to have like a clan space. Like, so for me specifically, I'm, I'm happy to pay these additional, these additional uh, things because I just want more. I just want more destiny. You know, I'm, I, I basically stopped playing video games when destiny came out. I was just, I, I called my PlayStation Four the destiny box because I just, once Destiny came out, that was it. Like I played that little that little shooter where you're that little blue or that little yellow, um, the little yellow thing. It was a twin stick shooter. I love twin stick shooters. Um, but that was it. Like once Destiny came out, I just didn't do anything else. So for me personally, I'm I'm happy with with the direction they're taking it as far as uh, seasonal content goes. I'm of one or two minds. Like I like the seasons, like some of the things I like about the seasons. I like the, the storytelling. I like the, there's, there's environmental storytelling and things like that. You know, like we're in this endless night, like right now, like it's something that's happening in the game. You know, it's, I like when the almighty crashed and things like that. I like I liked when they did that live event, you know, even though it was painstakingly slow for a lot of people. And that was, a lot of the criticism that it was uh, doled its way. Um, but I like the expansion passes too, because we got big drops of content with them. You know, it's like some, we usually got a raid with it, you know, and we got VOG returning, but it is free for everybody because it is a raid from destiny one. But, you know, we got Crota with an expansion pass or with a, you know, that was, well, that was a season pass, but it, we we got a full raid with that, but you know, in the expansion with the Taken King, Rise of Iron, Shadow Keep, you know, we got raids with all those and everything. But it just seemed like when we had the season pass in Destiny One, some of those content deliveries were just there were more because we had the vendors with the vendor refreshes. You know, there was just like, and that that that's what we talked about earlier is like we miss having those, like going in every new either season or 
when it was the season pass and you know uh d1 you know to just seasons and like getting those vendor refreshes and you know checking out the tower and seeing the new things and and it seemed like sometimes there was more of a story involved in things like that too and it's like we have story now but it's it's very um uh, it's trickled out you know uh over the whole season you know we don't get it all up front so a great example of that is when uh that vex portal was being built outside of yes. ikora's overlook I mm-hmm. loved that. I loved going back every week and seeing that something and was watching it change. Watching, yeah, it, yeah. Like yeah. I, I want that. I, I want a season to to build out like that. Uh, like I guess the Glycon mission uh, was twelve weeks worth of content. Like you went back every week, and then at the final, the, they said they found some Crown of Sorrows or something like. Yeah, there's a door that opens up in the final room. That's uh, intense. That's, that's what yeah. I want to see. I, I want to see. I I don't like it's like, all right, well, you know, oh, Gaul has completely destroyed us and we're never going to make it back and whatever. And now here we are. Everything's cool again for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the turnover like that, especially because there's so much pressure to raise your light level. You need to rush through the content in order to get on board with with running the raid, which is why I'm glad they've chosen wisely to push it back two weeks from content release, one week from content release. Like that gives people a chance to burn through and enjoy it some amount. So. Yeah. See, I think for me, I kind of agree with shadow price because I think in some aspects, a lot of the things that are missing in Destiny in the seasons make this an experience that's subpar compared to what I had before. I miss the days when it was exciting when I go into the tower because everything feels new. There's a campaign that I can play, as good or bad as it is, it's a campaign, instead of just playing a series of cutscenes or what feels like just quests that you just kind of roam around a destination that's already there. I think a proper campaign, there's something to be said about that. And I don't know if Bungie gave up on that idea because it was too difficult for them to produce the campaign or incentivize players to keep playing them, but something happened where that was lost. Um, In addition to the amount of weapons that we're getting, I think we're getting quite a few less weapons than we got before, and the end game is not the same. Like, this new six-person activity that we have now, it doesn't compare to any end game activity that we got in Destiny 1. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it all the time. that is the best, like, activity, three-man activity, like, six-man activity, besides a raid, I think, that they produced was Prison of Elders. I love Prison of Elders. You can go in there, and you're rewarded every time, and it, the fights are great. The enemies are, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, tuned right. It just, it was such a fun activity. And just... The uh, only thing that came close to me in Destiny 2 was the Menagerie. Because it was really fun and challenging at the same time. 
Although, again, the rewards could be a little bit more fun and exciting because how many beloveds am I going to get before it's like, eh, I have that already. Well, you know, but the, the key thing there was that you got to choose what your what your reward was. That's that's probably where Destiny started to turn itself around for me specifically, because if I needed that drop in that slot, I could choose exactly what I wanted. Uh, and so while the activity itself may not have held up to Prison of Elders, um, being able to select your where you're going to get your stuff is is priceless like like that was a turning point for me towards towards coming back to destiny and then so was um the season of when the drifter had the umbral engrams in his in his oh uh season of arrivals yeah like that was a huge turning point for me coming back to playing destiny 2 because i got to choose it may have been between a scout rifle and a sword but at least i knew that it was going to be in one of those two slots. And if I didn't want it in that slot, I'd choose something else. Like you had that, a little agency over your. Yeah, route. that's Ooh, not only that, but because the engrams were coming at me so fast, I was able to. I, yeah, I, I want this. I want this sword or this uh, or this scout rifle over and over and over until I get the best one. Like, I'm not I'm not someone who has a ton of time on my hands, uh, but being able to select what I'm going to get makes my, the time that I put in there so much more important. Uh, I did love Prison of Elders. It it did come out. It it was exciting, too, because it was like, oh, my God, the Reef. And, oh, my God, Varix. I love Varix. Varix is uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. D. Bradley Baker. Uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, so it was... I think that I think that you're right. Like I like I like when there is huge change, um, and I'm 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 sort of seeing where they're able to like almost put up the shape of giant things without it being as in depth as those were. I feel like what they're doing right now is they're kind of it's it's almost like a shadow puppet on the wall, right? Like of course this isn't a giant bunny, but it, kind of looks like it is like i feel like that's where they've been going is they're trying to make meaningful changes that feel big um and environmental storytelling is is it i was pretty disappointed when the almighty came down and then took out that tiny little tiny tiny chunk of the of the tower like really like this is it like this is all that's going to happen to it like how about blow out this section of wall that we can see from here you know like that that would have been cooler to me um But yeah, I don't know. I I actually see what both of you are saying. Out of curiosity, because I see the benefit of having seasons and what expansions passes have brought to us. What if Bungie is able to give us more content on a more frequent cadence by having larger development teams, but also charging more money? So instead of charging $10 per season, charging $40 a season. Would people still pay if they got twice as much content? If now, they then got... you're getting close to a subscription model, though, at that point. Well, perhaps, right? But does that make more sense in order to get more content? They have to that... deliver the content, though. That's the thing is, can they? Can they deliver the content? Like, at that, 
like what you're talking is like what a subscription model basically is. So is the like, answer to scale and like hire more developers? And maybe Remy, you might have some insights into that, you know, knowing about development and how that works. Is it as simple as hiring more talent to create the graphics and the assets and the ideas to really flush out what they already have? Because I think they're like halfway there. They have some really great stuff in the seasons, but it's like, we need more. We need more loot to chase. We need a story. It's not necessarily the things that they do. It's the things that they miss. So if the answer is give them more money to hire more talent, will that solve the problem? A really good question. Um, and I think that one of the one of the angles that we need to consider is I feel like when people are playing this free to play, right? Like, like this is one way to hook them to get them to purchase the game to move further in. But how do you, how do you, because, because if we look at, um, what was that? The, the Mars, uh, all of that with vicarious visions. Wasn't that who that was? That was fantastic. Like I loved searching out, protocol. Uh, well, the just that whole that whole expansion, um, or oh, the Warmind expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was that was great content. I loved seeking out those things that flashed just for a second, and you had to find the right element to to collect them. Oh um, yeah, those nodes, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. you know, doing the frequency. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like. It would be worth it. I, I, but here's the thing: is how, like, where where do they already prioritize their people? So many people are working on this already. Like, how do you? And they've already admitted that they can't keep up with the pace that people want it. Um, and so I've always been in. I've always been in favor of like a guardian card. Like I've always been. Even even when I don't play Destiny, I feel like I would pay a monthly fee to be identified somehow is someone who takes their destiny time seriously. Like, I don't know if it would be like a title or something or, or again, you know, an apartment. I played a lot of, um, fantasy star online, uh, back on the plate, uh, on the, the dreamcast. Uh, and that had a home. You could go, you had a little place that you could decorate on your own. I've always wanted that. I've, I've always been, I've always been ready to pay more for more content. Uh, and I know that a lot of people feel that way too. It's just how do you translate that to not it being negative among the people who don't want to pay it? How do you how do you prioritize rewarding people who do want to pay for it without it seeming like, well, I'm not getting the full game if I don't spend all of this extra money? How do you make their dollars go further without yeah, without making everybody pay? So I, I don't know. I feel like throwing more people at it is always a good option, but but how many more people? Without alienating uh, anybody who's playing it. Yeah. yeah, because even just playing with like uh, like my dad, he's uh, he's a he's a good guardian, but sometimes you know he doesn't he wasn't getting the season pass there for a while, and it's like. You play this every day. You play this game every single day, and you're not willing to pay ten dollars for three months worth of a timeline of 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 goodies. Like, that doesn't make any sense. 
so so yeah it's 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 a really how do you not alienate the people who just want to play a game but also but also give more to the people who do pay it is a really it is a really crazy question so i think you really bring a very interesting point here about free to play as a model that bungie fairly recently introduced i would say um so Bungie creates a free-to-play model that allows players to explore destinations and access certain things free of charge. Is this a good thing for the overall Destiny community, or do you think that it greatly incentivizes the idea of pushing microtransactions like Transmog? Go ahead, Remy. <laughs> I'm chewing on it still <clears throat> because, <laughs> you know, microtransactions, I want Bungie to succeed. I want them to succeed well. I don't even mind microtransactions overall. Um, I've definitely bought a couple of things. You know, I, I definitely try and have silver on my character at all times just because I don't know. I, I like some of the content that comes out. And but so but this is like a mindset for me, right? Like I'm already interested in giving Bungie more of my money. Um, I don't like when something is pay only. I enjoyed when, you know, basically all of the items that are going going through the the store are showing up at some point for bright dust, right? Like or at least most of it. I feel like I've seen almost everything going through for bright dust at some point. So I feel like <clears throat> I feel like having the option for people to buy is important because again, some people work, some people work hard, some people don't have an opportunity to just grind and grind and grind. So I feel like their insistence on it being something that doesn't take away from the gameplay, like it's not a pay to win scheme. Um I feel like that's important and I feel like as long as they keep going in that sort of direction, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good topic though. I'm, I, I wish I could sit down with some of them and see what their thoughts are, because I feel like if I was part of that conversation and I feel like that's what <clears throat> this week at Bungie is supposed to be, it's supposed to be bringing you into this conversation so that you understand their motives. So you understand what it is that they're trying to do because intention is not always, uh, represented in the final outcome of things. So their intentions with, with microtransactions might not be nearly as nefarious as some people think it is. And also, with VOG being free this season, basically, for all players, like, this season is probably the most, like, uh, most beneficial, if you're a free player, than any of the, all the other seasons. You're playing the crown jewel of the raids that have like the best weapons from D1 basically without having to spend a dime, you know, and yeah, that's for Bungie amazing. to be able to deliver that, you know, to the players is, is, is huge. And I feel like it's going to get so many more people playing, playing the raid now that have ever played them before, just with, you know, just the legacy that Vogue has, you know, it's just a, and that's the thing is like 
I'm guessing a lot of the, like microtransactions probably led to this to be able to happen for them to be able to give us that raid. I mean, yes, it's a raid from D1, but they are making a few updates to it. I mean, keeping the core, you know, concept the same, you know, most of the encounters are probably the same, but they're going to add a few more, you know, wrinkles in there. You know, so I mean, it's like it's it, it's a good it's really good that that that's happening, you know, but it's like Yes, on the backside, you have all these microtransactions with the transmog and the urge to spend the money to, you know, be able to, for the armor synthesis, you know, to, to skip the grind, so to speak, you know, because, I mean, there is people that are going to do that, you know, people that do care about the way their guardian looks and things like that. I mean, I care about one set on each of my characters, and that's the VOG gear. Uh, as soon as I get that, I'm going to transmog that. I want that as an armor ornament on my best piece of gear. Or does this push Bungie to further create microtransactions and to monetize, not by giving you content, but by giving you skins and other, you know, items that pretty much only affect your look? Which, in a way, it's fine, but the way transmog is set up, that also begs other questions that I do want to touch on, because we did have some initial thoughts about transmog, and I wanted to kind of touch on that also. Like, what do you both think about transmog and how Bungie has implemented this system? Has it been, in a way, uh, influenced by us having a free-to-play model and us getting a free vault of glass for all players? That's a really good question. Um, and at, at first, when I heard that Transmog was going to be like limited and you could buy more if you wanted, I feel like I reacted in the way that they didn't want me to react, which was I kind of turned my back on it. Like, like when, when I first heard transmog and then everything that you've ever that you've ever collected, you're going to be able to change into. I was like, man, the 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 possibilities are limitless. I will be able to have a guardian who looks like a newbie. But at the same time, because what is up with those Titan boots that are actually just boots? Looks like the crow out here with his untied loose laces like I don't, I don't get that. But but because it's so limited and because I only get so few it's led me to be more choosy with how I want to use my uh, synth weave. And that in turn has made it to where I was like, well, I kind of like the way that my guardian looked already. And because I already had those ornaments, I, I feel like the, I only purchased one ornament and that was the boots that came with the original Vanguard series. They had like little, little Vanguard symbols on the thighs. And I only really got those ones because I needed to do that for the quest. Otherwise, what I wear is the shelter-in-place helmet with the little antenna. Uh, I'm using the um, the Vex Minotaur chest piece. Sight and Ramparts are my, my exotic of choice. Um, and then the boots, you know, I, I waffle between... Um, the ones that came with the season of arrivals and also the fire break, the, 
the one that has like the one thigh armor piece. <clears throat> oh, and then for my for my Titan, my class mark, I use this. It's a great big canvas on that goes over the entire side. I think it was from the Lux set. Um, I I did purchase that. I think for 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 uh, for Bright Dust. Uh, but that's it. Like, I love the way my Titan looks. If I was given the opportunity to just use as many as I want, I would have way been much more interested in um, experimenting and seeing what different things look like. But at this point, it feels like a wasted endeavor because I don't I'm not going to use more synth cord than they're going to give me. I'm not I'm not ever going to buy any of those other ones. And to be honest, I, I can't imagine that they're going to make much money with this as a microtransaction because I feel like people are going to, you know, they're going to find the one or two chess pieces, the one or two, uh, you know, leggings that they want. Like, like maybe for hunters, it would be different because cloaks are fancy, but honestly, like once, once you have a good look and a good feel, why would you need more than 10 a season or whatever it is? Yeah, there's only a couple pieces that, like I said, the VOD gear. Like, yeah, there you go. I, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to turn that into a universal ornament for each of my characters. Each. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I, I think for me, um, knowing that Vault of Glass is now available for all players, I think that makes me think a little bit differently about Transmog. While I don't fully agree with this system, I do think it's a bit pushy on the microtransaction side i agree with remy that you're going to take one or two sets that are really awesome and special to you and you're going to transmog that but you're not going to necessarily need more like for example for me i'm going to transmog my vault of glass gear beyond that maybe i'll do an iron banner set if i'm feeling really generous or you know, maybe some other tool set, but that's it. Yeah, that's not the end game for me. So it's like that that's extra. After I do all the stuff, Vogue, and then other stuff that I see, oh, that looks really cool. I want that as, you know, my look. I want to look like that, you know, and I'll do that because I play the game, you know. I've got what I got a, enough for two pieces on uh, each uh, char character right now. So, like, I already know I'm going to do VOD gear, and then, like Corn said, Iron Banner or whatever cool armor comes out, you know, later this season or whatever. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hating on them as much, because you, you also have to remember, and me and Shadow, we talked about this, Bungie is not making a ton of money this fall through any expansion. They push that to next year, but they still have to pay the bills. They have to pay the staff. They have to pay their developers. They have to keep the servers running. I mean, all of this costs money, so I kind of understand they need to find a way to generate revenue, and this is the thing they probably came up with. I, uh, I'd like to put out there that the, probably the most important thing for Bungie, and I don't know that this is true, this is just me, riffing on what i think is is relevant but i honestly feel like the most important thing is getting people to play i feel like that was the that was the big push for free to play was that so many more people were going to try it if it's free 
why not try it? And once you get in, once you get behind that gun, once you step into those boots and you feel how good this game is, you're much more likely to put time and effort into it. And that's going to breed other like communities. That's going to, that's going to, to make more connections. Like I, I feel like the most important thing and probably the reason Vault of Glass is free is because they need people to play. They want people to play. Exactly. And so if they can get everyone who's ever wanted to play Vault of Glass or experience that, like imagine imagine you were a Destiny 1 player and you decided to go do something else with your life. You find out Vault of Glass is coming back to Destiny 2 and you can just play it for nothing right now. That's going to get people into the game uh, and that's going to get more people interested in maybe buying that season pass, maybe getting something from the store. Um, and so that's it. Like, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying, but I think the bottom line for Bungie is just getting people to play the game. Not that they're hurting for people to play the game, but the more, the merrier. That's a very you're saying there. It's a great yeah. point. Great point, for sure. So on a slightly different topic, Bungie and Activision decided that they were no longer going to work together and they announced a historic breakup. Looking back many years later, was this a good thing for Destiny as a franchise? And did, or did it hurt Destiny as a game? What what was it? What what hurt Destiny? The, the Activision and Bungie breakup. Of oh, Activision breakup. That's a good question. I guess that depends on what Activision's role was to begin with. To me, and this is weird, but to me, Activision is uh, SubQuest. Was it SubQuest or SeaQuest? There was a game on the Atari, uh, and it just had Activision down the side of it. And it was like you were in this little submarine, and you had to you had to get these divers, and there was like there was like boats that you had to shoot, and there was sharks you had to avoid, and so. When I hear Activision, my my knee jerk reaction is awesome Atari game, um, so, right? So there's yeah. there's a lot that I've that I'm familiar with that that says good things to me, and I feel like Bungie wouldn't have taken that um, that connection lightly. You know, I mean, certainly they may have needed it. They may have said to themselves, we need to get to this next stepping stone. And this is how we accomplish that. They might have even gone into the meetings at Activision and said, we don't really want to do this, but but we want to get here. I mean, I can't imagine them saying that because why would you uh, put your position out like that? But but that might be it. They might have needed that to get to this next level because now they are operating on their own. Uh, and so I feel like whatever good or bad came of it went with with them breaking off. And and to me, I feel like it could only be good things. You know, like what was it? Somebody somebody said something on Twitter recently. It was like biz dev. It was a term that was uh, about people who are on the business side of development, and so they don't they don't they don't care or work with the people who are actually making the game, they just make decisions. Um, and so I feel like getting as many of those people out of the loop is a positive thing. Um, and Bungie seems to think it was a positive thing. So I'm going to go with, it was, it, I'm going to go with, it was probably really good at the time. And now they're, they're just moving forward ever, ever moving forward. 
That's a great answer. See, I've always thought that the breakup was a very risky move, to say the least, because you're giving up on financial security. And as a company who already doesn't have the best path forward with their game, losing a publisher has pretty high impact. And to this day, Bungie doesn't really have a publisher. And on top of that, they're still trying to figure out Destiny, trying to give us a larger, more meaningful Destiny experience, while now also trying to build a second game. Matter, I believe, is what it's called. Um, so there's a lot going on here, and I'm wondering if all of this is overly ambitious because historically Bungie isn't the type of company to over deliver. Generally speaking, we're just like, we're asking for more. We want more yet. Bungie just can't seem to give that to us based on the resources that they have at the time. Now they're breaking off into other medias, you know, with the possible TV series, maybe movie, things like that, you know. Um, and it's like, I mean, I know they're working with media partners for those things. You know, I'm guessing if they have like a series, it'll be like maybe on Netflix or something like that. Yeah. But like, and I'm sure somebody else is working on something like that. But when it comes to a game like Matter or whatever the title will be, they're pulling people away from the core yeah. game, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like the company size grew, right? From my understanding, after the Activision breakup, a lot of great people were lost along the way. I mean, even the companies that supported Bungie, like High Moon Studios, like, these are companies that played a very important role in a lot of awesome expansion-based content that we received Vicarious Visions, who were responsible for bringing the game to PC. Like, there's a lot of things that I feel like we're also losing at the site of, oh, Activision is an evil company, which they do make really poor decisions that make them look very bad as a company. But I'm wondering if whatever company that Bungie would go with, do they need a publisher besides trying to do everything on their own? I think they're self-publishing now, right? And they are, yes. And I'm yeah. pretty certain, I just read something, and I hate saying that. I hate when people are like, oh man, fucking people are saying. Uh, but I'm pretty certain that they did raise the amount of people in the studio by like something like 200. So they're expanding. Feel, the studio yeah. is going to triple in size. Okay by yeah. what is it 2022 by next year i believe right and so and so yeah so so it's like it's like hydra like it's going everywhere it's going to be everywhere it's going to be in everything uh and i'm excited about that really you know like i i don't know i i want to believe that that having activision along was a good thing uh but that's because i just have that rosy vision of them from the past 
I'm I'm happy that Bungie is working on their own and it's it seems to be sustaining, you know, they seem to be growing because that's how you do it, right? Like you make a certain amount of money and then you put that. How do you triple in size your studio if you're not making money, (laughs) right? Exactly. Um, And so how many people did they break off from the game versus how many were originally involved? Like how many people does it take to do that? And they're opening an international studio too, actually. I can't remember exactly where it is. But I believe they're also doing that as well. That's awesome. really cool. See, I didn't know about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to touch on a slightly different topic, sunsetting. It was kind of a big thing that took place last year, and it seems like they made a fairly quick decision to change that feature. Do you both feel that unset sunsetting? So do you both feel like sunsetting was a good idea, bad idea? Was it poorly implemented or did Bungie make the right call to get rid of it when they did? So Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting. (laughs) No, you go for it. Well, I'm I'll be brief. Um, If it was done correctly, I was behind it. We talked about this, Corn. I was behind it because I wanted new stuff. I wanted new stuff, and I thought that if they could sunset the old stuff, we could get new, cooler stuff. That the old weapons were, you know, just like, you know, they were old. You know, it's like, why would you want to play with those old things? Here, we're going to give you all these new things to play with, you know, and you're going to want to, like, chase after these guns, you know. And that's what gave me the confidence, like, okay, I'm behind it. I'm behind sunsetting, you know. But... The way it was implemented in Beyond Light, they obviously did not have the the right idea or it was just poorly, poorly implemented because it was we only got 35 new weapons and they had sunset like 70 percent of the weapons, basically. So it's like you they had no choice but to dial back and just to completely unset sunsetting because it just it was it it was just implemented so poorly. It like fell flat, basically, you know, and that was, I guess, what maybe your fear was actually at the time, you know, is like, yeah. so, and it just like, yeah, it, it killed the drive and beyond beyond light for a lot of people because it was just, yeah. there was hardly any new weapons at all, and it's like, man, we you really killed like the chase for this stuff, you know, it's like it's nice that they brought in the legendary lost sectors to be able to do grind those for the exotic drops and things like that, but just not be able to get new weapons and you just kill the loophole like completely you and you neuter it. Like you neuter all those weapons before, like, you know, it's like, and it just, I don't know. And I, I think they had no choice, but to dial this back like the way they did. So, no, I think you're right. That was a good answer. I, however, will not be brief. So (laughs) this is something that's plagued me since the very, very beginning of Destiny, something that I've been waiting for them to address, something that I've been waiting to feel, and I just barely felt the beginning of it at the end of the season before last. Uh, 12 going into 13 was um, was when they had that event where... Uh, 
you all gathered in the tower, right? You gathered in that place uh, in the last city. I think um, that was 11 going into 12. Actually. 11 going into 12? What was it yeah. that happened? I don't remember what happened. But you know what? It doesn't even matter what happened because I still remember the feeling of being in that time and place with those guardians uh, just there to witness what was going on. Like, like that was when, that was when uh, as soon as that event was over, it went down for the entire time, right? It went down until the next update. It's the, the, uh, the, the uh, pyramid ships basically took out those four yes. destinations and the traveler protected us. Basically. Yes. It healed so. itself. So you, you, it's, it's whole now. You don't see all these like craters in it. Anymore. Well, you don't see all the ones that they that the that they added. It's still the same traveler from Destiny One. They right, just yeah. they put that back together. So so the thing that keeps me from being even more into Destiny than I am right now is what are we preparing for? Because there's never been a moment in Destiny where it's like, all right, here we go. You've you've gathered all these guns and you've curated your entire gear section. You've got a finely tuned guardian. What are we going to do with it now? Well, now you're going to go chase some more stuff. What I've been waiting for is something big, like like something towards the end of a season, something towards the end of a of a story arc where now is the time where all of your hard work has paid off that gun you ground for for days and days and days on end now is the time to use that now is the time to use that and while we were watching that traveler get rebuilt and that whole it was a feeling did you guys feel that too being around those other guardians in those moments it's given me goosebumps thinking about it thinking about being together with those guardians now what if that led into like an all out mission. Like we were trying to retake an area of land or something. And all of these guardians with you, all of this stuff that you've built up, all the stuff you've collected is now right this second coming to play because what's happening, what's happened since destiny one came out is you grind and grind and grind. And then the season ends and then you grind and grind and grind. And then the season ends. I'm waiting for what we are preparing for. I I am like a nester. I'm a super nester. I'm super interested in um, gathering up as many um, materials for things as I can. I love incremental progress. I want there to be something that we're building up for. And when sunsetting happened, when they started setting sunsetting, not only was there nothing to use these guns for, there was no reason to grind for those guns to begin with. There was no reason to play the game because if all of this, <laughs> if all of this is going away, then what's the point of grinding for it at all? So when they, when they removed sunsetting, they gave you back the, well, here, this is going to be useful next season. But what does that even mean? Like, I don't feel like we've ever been tested. I don't feel like we've ever been put to task. I feel like we we grind our way up in power level and in gear that works towards our play style. And then it falls flat to me because we don't, there is no big push. There is no big mission. There is no, I've been waiting for this moment this whole season. What if the last week of a three-month season was like a huge thing where... Um, you know, you have to kill so many bad guys in this week in this activity or something like like I want a reason to grind other than 
just to have it for the future. But they had to take away sunsetting. I'm positive that the people at the the Destiny command unit, I'm positive at sunsetting it was announced, and they just watched people say, well, I'm done now. <laughs> what was the point? See, I, I feel like for me, sunsetting was just a bad idea. Here's why. In its nature, in its core, Destiny is about finding loot, collecting loot, finding the gun that you love to play with, and using that gun and making it a special weapon. Not making it a special weapon, using it for X amount of time, only to have to grind out for that same weapon of the same stat. It, it, it just... It doesn't respect players' time, right? It accomplishes the goal of balancing the game and making it easier for the developers to introduce new weapons. I'm sure some of the overly powerful um, weapons like um, the Recluse and Mountaintop had some influence on their decision to really create an expiration date for these overly powerful weapons. But here's the thing. They aren't respecting what the game is at its core. And I think that personally, to me, it feels like the game is being balanced incorrectly because the way that you balance the game for the Crucible and for PvE should be very different, or even arguably end game content as well, which we're seeing in contest mode. Very different balancing them from what we're getting under normal circumstances. I think the game is poorly balanced, and I think that because of that, Bungie is trying to pretty much fix their own balancing issues rather than balancing the game individually for the specific activity that you're playing. Because I'm sorry, PvE and PvP are going to be different in terms of how you should balance the game and how you tune the weapons. Yes. <laughs> right, and so, and so what they did was they ended up getting like an echo chamber effect where where people were saying, well, why am I going to grind for this right now if I'm going to have to grind for it next next season? And if I'm going to have to grind for it next season, why why am I grinding for it at all? Like if I can't if I can't gain value out of all of this grinding, then there is no value to the grinding. People are going to stop searching for the best role because it's not going to matter because in in two and a half months, it's gone anyways. And I, I lost that desire to grind out for any legendaries because of that you know what's funny is i i'm it's not funny i suppose but people talking about having run deep stone crip a hundred times and still not got the eyes of tomorrow and i think to myself i never ran deep stone crip as a matter of fact I've only run two raids in Destiny 2. Uh, the Leviathan, when Destiny 2 first w released, um, I ran the Leviathan a couple of times with some clanmates, but only on the PlayStation, uh, so or only on the Xbox. And now that I'm using the PlayStation data, <laughs> it shows that I've never run 
the Leviathan. And then just recently I ran garden uh, with some friends that are on. Um, and it was funny because I was getting like, I was, it was a, it was a bunch of people who do recoveries and, and a friend of mine chaos. And they were getting frustrated because I wasn't, I wasn't exactly up to par. Uh, but then at the end of the raid, they're like, Oh, you've never run this before. I was like, no, that was my first time. They're like, Oh, never mind. You did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> and so that felt good. Maybe we should have mentioned that to them in the beginning. <laughs> um, well, we, well, we like to raid Remy. So yeah, open invitation. Really join us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I would love to have people to play destiny with. I just, it's just, I, I've, I've I've really gone internal with this. Like my playtime for Destiny is like quiet and it's uh and it's I'm trying not to upset anyone. Uh and I don't and and I refuse to like I won't grind. Like I want Shadow Price so bad. Uh I believe Shadow Price was my first um my first legendary weapon in Destiny 1. And it in the look of it and the feel of it and the sound of it, I've just never been able to shake it. That's like my favorite weapon. Um, it's my favorite weapon. <laughs> uh, I've I ran a nightfall two times on hero because I don't I don't have anybody to play with. I just did the matchmaking, and then I was like, well, that's it. I'm just not going to get this. And I don't like palindrome. I'm not really a hand cannon user. The well, Remy, the... I will promise this to you. Me and Corn, when it comes back around in the rotation, we're running it and we're going to get it for you. I'm, no doubt I'm stoked to hear that. You know, what's funny, too, is that not not last week, but the week before, I think it was um, the Swarm was available oh, on yes, the Nightfall. The swarm. I think it got um, the God Roll, too. What's the God Roll? Something Vorpal Weapon and something else, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I ran two. I ran three, uh, three Nightfalls on Hero with matchmade uh, companions. And the first two runs, I got the swarm. <laughs> the third one, I didn't. I was like, I was like, when it first dropped, I was like, oh my God, uh, this is fantastic. Thank goodness. And then I ran it again and I got it again. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Are they just handing it out now? Because I was hearing that people were having a hard time getting it. Uh, it's all RNG. It really is. Like you could have like the best and highest like score in that nightfall and you won't get it but then the person below will get it so it's like and, and then vice versa it's all completely rng uh so outlaw and vorpal weapon are the perks on the god roll yeah vorpal is vorpal is pretty top tier for sure i think Being i got do... firefly and sympathetic arsenal well maybe not i definitely got firefly on one of them and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. The And now this week, I think it's the fusion rifle plug one. It's a D it's a D one. It's three return D one weapons for the oh, night. Man, I really want to get a plug one. That's awesome. I'm really happy that they're bringing back D one weapons. I'm telling you, Corin, how many times have we had this discussion? How many times? <laughs> Too many, Too many yeah. times. So yeah, here's something that they didn't bring back new crucible maps oh what's God. up with that why is crucible not getting any love it's been 
hundreds of days. I mean, it's been well over a year. What's been 500 up? something days since we've gotten a new five, map. Five, wow, I'm way off. 500 some days. Yeah, and they even took like, some out, right? Yeah, yeah, they took some out too. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that Bungie does that I don't know about, right? I'm not part of the studio. I, I'm not in regular contact with anybody. I mean, I chat with some people on Twitter, but it's not like I'm talking to them about the game, like sit down and chit chat. And this, and, and I'm not even a big PvPer. Like I, like I, I would love to see in Destiny. This is a wave side thought. Maybe we could come back to it. I would love to see in Destiny an actually competitive aspect of it. Like for instance, imagine if Shax offered this like a set of gear that you had to use in order to play so everybody had the same shit this is what made halo amazing to me yes. was every everybody had the same gear every mm-hmm. if if i was facing down a, a a spartan and we both had the ar the person who came out of that match with that that engagement was the superior player it didn't come down to i had a perk on this gun that i ground for fucking a million hours and now i'm just killing people with it it was pure pure competitive it was one to one if Mm -hmm. i beat you in this engagement this meant i was the better player it was not it was not derivative so i would love to see here is the here is the here is the specific, um, you know, for this game mode, tailored um, focus uh, and subclass gear and uh, weapons. So like if you were going to use a hand cannon, everyone's using the same hand cannon. If you're going to use a scout rifle, everyone's using the same scout rifle. Same thing with the gear. All of the gear love is that the mode. St- I would that? love that. I would love that mode. Right. Like I. I yeah. don't understand why they don't have it. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. why they don't have here is or even, you know, even going back to Destiny 1, you could just say, all right, well, you can only choose your gear from dead orbit or something like this. Like, what if it was there was like a dead orbit competitive mode and these were the yeah, specific this was dead orbit week and this yeah. was like future war call week or this yeah. was new monarchy. Yeah. yeah. And so this would bring competitive up. Now, I don't mm-hmm. remember what we were talking about before, but that was linked to it somehow. What were you saying? I forgot. Oh, we were talking about the state of Crucible and oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not having any new maps. maps. Yeah. So, so as somebody who's not a big PvPer, as somebody who who really couldn't care less about PvP, like like I enjoy it sometimes. Um, but even as as somebody who's almost entirely PVE player, I have no idea why they haven't thrown out new maps. Like what? What is going on at Bungie HQ that they have not brought in any new maps? It's been over a year since they've had any new maps, and they've taken maps away. Like what? That's what the I want to say. That is what I want to say, and I now remember it. Remember how the huge maps we had in D one: Bastion, First Light, Skyshock, Cathedral of Dusk. Why does Bungie not make any big maps anymore? Like what the fuck happened there? Like. Why, why all of a sudden we had vehicles on those maps too? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Were, yeah. It's like Bungie made big team battle for Halo. Why don't we have anything oh like that? Oh, my God. I would love big team battle. 
that was my yeah. that was my uh that was my preferred hopper <laughs> in halo uh because yeah. i felt like i felt like i was able to get really really good engagements but also the fate of the the fate of the war didn't depend on me necessarily <laughs> like there was seven other people on my team exactly uh, also I I I really miss in Halo when you would roll up with people, right? Like you'd be put into these games and then everybody talked to everybody. And so if you liked that group that you were rolling with, you just didn't leave, right? Like you just didn't leave that thing. And so as time went on, you would gather up more people who would continue to play in that group with you and you would move forward. Like you would roll up into groups, um, and that was exciting. That was an exciting aspect. Yeah, the first thing I, I do is I just throw my grenades willy nilly off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> I just miss having those big maps. Like there was something to them, you know, it just had yeah. that Halo-esque feel when we had them in D1. Right. Like, I don't I don't understand why there's not. I mean, even in PVE, uh, why don't we have larger maps? Like, why? Why is everything so? so constrained like let's let's take something like um not far cry what's that one with the guy with the backpack uh just cause i love just cause that's a great game those maps are gigantic now i know it's a huge I, sandbox right is you literally yeah. run all over the place and just blow right. everything up right right and i and i sort of get it because the idea of having so much space would be difficult to you know like you might go yeah, a little while yeah yeah um and, and but i mean make it a little bit bigger you know like wh what was that what was that what was that game mode called where it was like it was like something at arms or like arms race or something like this where they won yeah it was like a, was that what it was where it was like a vehicle my arms yeah centric yeah yes. like I, I i want that i i want more vehicle want play yeah like i i want I want to have to duck into some ruins because otherwise I'm going to get sniped. Not just because there's somebody standing, you know, 50 yards away, just waiting for me around this thing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I, the thing is I don't play enough uh, PVP for my opinion to really, to really weigh like, because here's the thing. Sometimes I'll see uh, really good people, really, really uh, high tier Destiny PvP players on on Twitter, and they'll say some fucking shit like, "Oh, well, I just want to relax. Like, I don't want to just keep playing all these high tier people." And I think to myself, "Well, that's my every game. Even when I'm playing against people who are my own strength, that's still a battle. I don't ever just." stomp on people i wouldn't ever consider crucible something that i go into to have fun you know it is the crucible <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's not a it's not a theme park it's it's you know a, a, a real battle and that's, and, and that's why every game is sweaty because there's no there's no incentive there's no loot chase hardly there's no like end game for the crucible there's trials but that comes once a week and trials is still broken like there's still tons of cheaters in there and everything so it's like you know they stay in trials for like maybe a few hours and then they go stomp people in regular crucible that's you know what i've never have... understood go on i'm sorry no no go ahead go ahead no i'm sorry i just cut you off no you're good <clears throat> um i don't know why they give the best people in pvp 
the better weapons to destroy people in PvP. Like, I'm never... I, I, I did go to the Lighthouse on PlayStation and Xbox on on Destiny 1. I had a really great time. Uh, the guy that took me was named Spanky. He was a phenomenal player. Um, yep. I uh, I have some clips somewhere on my several hundred gigabytes of, of video data from, from my PlayStation days. I have somewhere where Spanky's like, come get me up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help you take this guy out. And in the middle of going there, I see the guy coming up to get me and I just take him down. And it was such a great feeling. Uh, and so there's there is fun to be had there. But I just... I just don't know why, like, like the broadsword, for instance, like, so you're going to give somebody who's really good at PVP, a weapon that's going to make him even better at PVP. How are you giving anybody who's lower uh, a chance? And I feel like that's what you're looking at. I feel like, like, I feel like if they were able to make the matches feel like you're not just being stomped out, I feel like they'd get a lot more people into PVP. Uh, because I would love to play. I would love. So there's games. So I only have two kinds of games. I have the games where I just get stomped out either because they have a weapon that I am not able to earn. I never earned, um, mountaintop, you know, like getting that was getting, that was, uh, it was many steps. I was working my way right now actually i know it's sunset but you can use it in basic crucible you know what side note i did buy it i can't hit shit with it (laughs) just which is another which is a layer which is another layer of what the fuck for me because (laughs) because i finally get this this tool that's supposed to just i've been stomped out by mountaintop so many times and i got it and i went into pvp and i thought i can't wait to uh retribution you know what i'm saying and then i couldn't hit shit with it i'm like i don't even know (laughs) like what an insult like not only not only did i not earn it but when i did get it i couldn't hit anybody with it and getting it was like a ton of grenade launcher kills i don't know but you're gonna give this person who's already put hundreds of hours into pvp this tool that's gonna make them even better i've never understood that because what you're doing is you're for every one person who gets that amazing PVP weapon, they're already so good. That's because that's how they have it is because they're already so good. So now all you're doing is just making people like me who I enjoyed PVP in, in halo. I felt like I was, I felt like I was making moves. I felt like I could do something about it. True true loose skill based matchmaking in that, the the way the way the ranking system was, there was a true ranking system is what I meant to say. There was a true ranking system in that game. You know, it was it was done right. Right? Yeah. It was done yeah. right. It was done fun. It was done fair. It was done with, with fun in mind. Uh, and I'm not saying that current Crucible is not. I just feel like it falls flat. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not a slouch. I'm not a, I'm not a, a game playing slouch. I, I'm not a, I'm not a god, uh, but but I learn and I feel and I'm, I grow, I want to grow. Uh, and so for me to give up on PVP is I'll play mayhem. Mayhem's pretty fun, but it's just I love mayhem. And you know what? I actually still hold uh, like a 1.4 KD. Like I don't like, I'm not a slouch. I, I, I'm tactical. Um, but there's just certain things that I'm I'm never gonna outshoot somebody who has that broadsword. I'm never gonna outshoot somebody who has 
you know, like that mountaintop specific shot with a sniper too. It just literally just sits there and quick scopes, yeah. you know, just yeah. like barely looks slides and slides and snipes you. That's like yeah. even, yeah. Gotta yeah. love that. Right. <laughs> okay. So I was going to ask, so the new season is now live season of the splicer. I know that shadow price had a chance to play through the new content somewhat we we did play together for quite a bit uh, earlier yesterday and the day before. Um, have you had a chance to play through the new season and the new content? And what are your thoughts? And I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Like it's it feels great. Honestly, the story carries so much for me. Um, I. I love the idea uh, of the, the things that are going on. The small end are cute as shit. Um, I will tell you what, though, it's it's made me it's made me way, way wary of killing fallen at this point. Like like it's whoever has decided that they're going to screw with us mentally has has really done a good job because I don't I don't want to do it now. I mean, I do. <laughs> they're shooting at me and the goal is for me to keep my life bar above zero uh so but like psychologically i am i'm torn you know like as actually there was there was an account there was a twitter account forever ago uh and it was like the traveler it was an account for the traveler and if you in if i had to pick who i thought it was i would 1000 percent tell you i thought it was deej because of the the way this this character spoke but one of the things that this that this twitter account asked was what if you snuck up on some cabal sitting around a fireplace and you overheard them talking about things like what do you think they'd be saying like what would you do if you just came across some some you know what do you think they're saying and it really kind of gave them a a face and a voice and i miss that account i miss interacting with that account because it was it was a good time um but i love it i love everything that they've done so far um i love the design of the weapons i love the i love override uh i'm having a ton of fun in that activity um I, as, as a matter of fact, I'm usually the one who's leading the going to get the spike and then also climbing the tower. Like, like I'm finding a lot of people don't know what they're doing. And so I'm that guy. I'm getting, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I was doing with the oracles at first. I'm like, I didn't know <laughs> if there were, it was like one lighting up. Corn's like, oh, it's lights up. Like, like, it oh. lights up with a color. <laughs> just look at that color. <laughs> I think I was just tired or something. I'm like, wait, what, which one am I supposed to shoot? They all say immune. <laughs> okay. You so, know what? I, I think I it's think a training so. simulation too. I feel like what it is is getting it's it's acclimating people, people ready for the VOG. For yes, VOG. ready for, for VOG. VOG. Yes, I said yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You did say that. Yep. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. So far, everything about it has been fantastic. Uh, I love being able to use umbral engrams. I feel like those are super key. Uh, to us getting to choose our own destiny, you know? Yep. No fun. Some agency. Yep. So I think that's a really, really great point because I think for me, um, I have been really enjoying this new season. Uh, I think that the new six person activity, it's 
good. It's not as good as the Menagerie, but I think that there's an opportunity to have like a more challenging version of it. And I think you're totally right. This is preparing us for the Vault of Glass. I think the Vexy environments that are new in this new season, those are really, really cool. And I'm sure we're going to get a dedicated um, exotic mission that we're going to be playing this season, which will be really cool to go through, perhaps for the Vex Mythoclast. Who knows, right? Um, I also have a lot of affinity for the Vault of Glass. I really love Vog. So seeing Vex front and centered, I think it's really, really cool this season. Uh, so that's really encouraging for me. Also, the game feels a bit less grindy, right? Like, it feels like I don't have to worry about leveling up so that I can play the raid. I feel like I'm already there, so any additional leveling that I'm doing, I'm kind of being nerfed beyond 1310 because it feels like you can't get any pinnacles from the raid, from the current raid, which we'll talk about in the TWAB, but um, I'm enjoying it so far. I think the environments are really cool. I think the music is great. Um, and yeah, so far, so good. Mm-hmm. I like the new addition to the helm, too. Yeah, they got the small one in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wild Guardians, that was... Uh, that was an awesome conversation. We have one more segment to finish up here. And uh pretty quick segment this week uh, for the weekly update or this week at Bungie. Shadow Price, do you want to share what this week at Bungie brought to us from our very own Cosmo? Sure. Uh, yeah, so he talks that Season of Splicers now live in destiny 2 and how is everybody enjoying it uh has it ever have you guys been fighting through those honeydew errors <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so many Day honeydew one errors. was a waste of time and i'm sorry i am never i shouldn't, I shouldn't even time took... off work yeah to play Destiny. you like no we're I'm, I'm gonna wait till that evening like i think that's what i'm gonna start doing like because it, it seems like there's always like some server issue or something. And I get it. Everybody's trying to get in the door at the same time. And, you know, you can't, the, the, the lines are all jammed up. You know, people can't flow freely through. So it's all clogged up and that's what was happening. <laughs> Breaking the servers, which we tend to do. Every I want to be like, I want to be like, Hey, 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 <laughs> if you haven't played in the last couple of weeks, what are you doing here right now? How about how about let the people who've been playing <laughs> regularly yeah. let's get in there first. Like two lines, right? Like yeah. have one over here. <laughs> right. The less played right. and the more played. Like let them get preference. Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> um so we yeah, we got through that and now that the new seasonal rewards are live, uh so you can uh work towards your seasonal ladder on your season pass. What's everybody's season rank? I think Let's I'm 15. Right okay. Now. I'm eight. Oh, okay. I think I'm 15. Or I'm either 14 or 15. And it's only because I save bounties. 
on all my characters. Oh yeah, um, I, I did. I saved a little bit, but not definitely not enough. I did not it, save anything. It's because I played so much last season. I was so high already. Like I told you, last season, I Shadow Price. That's all I needed. So I just played so much last season because I wanted to get Shadow Price over I can just and over picture and his over vault again. Filled with just nothing but Shadow Price. There was about twenty Shadow Prices in my vault. Yeah, <laughs> at one time. <laughs> I could yes. see that happening. Um. Uh. On top of Shadow Price, um, there's also future War Call weapons that are now with uh, random rolls that are live in the game. And you can get them from various locations. I think focusing Umbral Engrams uh, will get them to drop for you, too. Really? What's the difference between Shadow Price and the Adept Shadow Price? Uh, you can equip Adept mods. You can equip Adept mods oh. on the Adept Shadow Price. And let me tell you, it is crispy in the crucible. I took my <laughs> adept shadow price in there yesterday and that it, it just got a buff. 450's just got a, a small buff. That small buff is significant because I was destroying people in the crucible nice. yesterday with it. Good to know. It it is a laser beam. Like it is an absolute laser beam. I just was hosing people down like people had no no chance against it. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved it. Nice. It was great. I had a great time. With it yesterday. Tears. I could taste them yeah. through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is definitely a lot of fun. Um, also, Iron Banner returns next week. We're getting, uh, yeah, Saladin's coming back to the tower. Uh, it starts on May 18th and it goes till May 25th. And random rolls are offered on new and returning weapons. And as you can see, if uh, people are looking at it, uh, on uh, bungie.net you can see the new weapons that are being offered i think two of them are returning i don't think i got either one of those returning ones it's a sniper and a hand cannon are the returning ones and then the new ones are a machine gun and a shotgun which that machine gun it looks uh it has a resemblance of one of the d1 weapons doesn't it i think does it kind of look like Jolder's hammer a little bit Ooh, that was a good one yeah it looks a little bit like it. Like the magazine definitely looks like it, the casing. Um, but it has some different geometry to it. But it looks cool. Like I'm going to play because there is something to chase. These are new weapons. That machine gun and shotgun is something that, you know, I like. I like when they bring new weapons, like uh, new weapons, especially to Iron Banner because it's needed new weapons. And I know it's only two and two returning, but those two returning, I don't think I got before. So like that's going to get me to want to play well and not only that but because the new raid the deepstone crypt will not offer any pinnacle drops this will be your probably only chance besides the other normal pinnacle drops that you can get each week to level up your Vault of Glass is going to drop pinnacles before the too. new raid. The Vault of yeah. Glass will, yes. But yeah. this will drop and before the Vault of Glass on the 18th. I don't know if they said it in the TWAB. Is that a uh is that a, a glitch that they're not dropping and they should be dropping in Deepstone Crypt? Uh I don't think they're intended to drop. I think the glitch is that it states that you're going to get a pinnacle drop. 
it should state powerful drop because those will no longer offer the pinnacles. You will have to play the wall of glass to get the pinnacles. I think that's a mistake. Like I, they, I agree. That's only six months. Doing. I understand. Um, I know it's you're pushing people to the to the to the new offering, which is actually an old offering, well, not but only an that, updated but you're, offering. You're also balancing how many pinnacle drops you get, and especially with the leveling plus ten this season, I understand why they would be more hesitant to offer more content to get you to that max cap quicker. Is the leveling is very slow. It is, and I knew it was going to be like that. These plus ones, because you're already at, if you're already at thirteen ten, you're already at the hard cap. So you literally have to get pinnacles for everything to level up. Except well, it, 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 so if it's like a powerful tier two or a tier three, and you get so like, like a plus one. It seems like Bungie two. intentionally made it so that everybody is essentially thirteen ten when they play the Vault of Glass. They made it very difficult for you to level up beyond thirteen ten currently. You can do a number of pinnacle drops. They won't be enough to push you to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I did get my first 13-12 earlier. Oh, nice. So, I mean, awesome. Where'd you, know, you get that from? The Nightfall. Oh, actually. okay. Okay. 100, 100K. 100K Nightfall. Okay. Okay. Um, so, are you guys going to play Iron Banner next week? I mean... No. I mean, it will probably be my it'll be my last resort uh, for mm -hmm. for gaining levels. Like my plan is just to rotate through all of my characters in hopes that I that I get them as high as possible. And then, I mean, what is the what is the cap right now? Like, what is the highest weapon gear you can get right now? Uh, well, the cap for the pinnacle is thirteen twenty. Okay, thirteen twenty. That is the highest. Yep. And you don't start moving towards that until you get to 1310, right? Right. Yep. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I got my first 1310, uh, and so I'm I'm moving on my way. You're getting there, yeah. And and then the Iron Banner would help, definitely help if uh, you're you got your first 1310. You're yeah, there, absolutely. Getting your first 1310, you should be able to get those from your from your powerful drops pretty soon. Oh yeah. Yeah, what, that would be cool. What's your current light level for your items before the uh, additional plus seasonal? Let me <clears throat> let me do uh, some moving around on my character. Oh, update. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you should be able to check in dim. I, my dim did not work for me today. I had it up and it was giving me an error message. It was saying some sort of, hey, now it's working. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 13, 16 overall with my art, uh, the artifact, because I have a plus six on the artifact. Oh, 1303, equip. Looks like I am. I think I have a plus five. Yeah. So before bonus, I am. Well, I'm thirteen oh six right now. I don't. I don't see where it's 
telling me without the bonus. Drops will be likely thirteen oh seven or thirteen oh eight, depending on. But you said you did get your first thirteen ten, right? I, I did, yes. Right okay. after I got my first thirteen oh nine in the same slot. Thanks, Bungie. Yeah, so it's just edging the other pieces, getting the other pieces. Yeah. I still got some I still got some pinnacles to do, and I've still got my other characters to work on as well. Yep, just transfer those weapons over. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, that's what we usually do. Also, you know, the prospect of having people to play Destiny with really uh brings up my my interest and chances as well. Because yes. really well, all I've been doing at this point is just sort of keeping playing. Like I don't I don't ever want to stop playing Destiny until I get that same drop and that same thing. And I'm like, well, my time went was nothing. Corn <laughs> yeah. been doing it in duos, but we could definitely use a third third, definitely to I'm into it. Yeah. Um so Iron Banner. Uh looks like it's gonna be cool to have the new weapons next week. So look forward to it. Uh the baby Elixney are uh possibly coming to the bungee store pretty soon because we've become very smitten with them as we can see <laughs> there will be a price <laughs> there'll be a price to pay for those babies <laughs> for sure would you guys purchase a baby elixney if it comes to the bungee store i'm so buying one i am so buying one mm -hmm. it, it really it really boils down to to the shipping because like if it's a twenty dollar toy and there's like a thirty dollar shipping fee, oh my god, probably not gonna do it. Uh, and knowing Bungie, they would not hesitate to charge me a crazy amount for shipping. Oh, that's just gotta bundle things, right? Just make it one, make that thirty dollars count. <laughs> and because if you get the raid jacket, you have to buy that separately. If you get the ring, you have to buy that separately. You're right. And like. That shit adds up. That's twenty dollars in shipping there and there, and like before you know it, you paid like almost a hundred dollars in shipping. Where are you? I'm in Florida. Okay. Still, thirty bucks seems a little pricey. Yeah, they charge a lot sometimes. I mean, and it might not be exactly $30, but the raid jacket is probably 20, 30 bucks. I think we value the raid jacket and the ring a little over these babies, but they are kind of cute, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it's a common, if it's a competition, I'm not getting the babies. I'm getting that ring. I want that ring. I want the jacket. The jacket's 24 hours, right? Uh, no, it's actually a week, isn't it? And, oh, yeah, it's like May 31st or June 1st. It's like 10 days or Let's something like that. Yeah. Let's find out for real. I'm going on the Bungie store right now, and I'm finding out the facts. Well, because there's three dates. There's the date you have to earn it by, there's the date you have to redeem it by, and there's the date you have to purchase it by. It's true. Yeah, correct. So you have, you have three deadlines. Uh, the deadline to earn in-game is June 1st, 2021. Yep, I knew I was right. June 1st. Wow. Okay. Yep. Deadline to claim the reward online is June 4th, 2021, 9.59 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Deadline to purchase June 30th, 2021, 11.59 p.m. You have a little time to decide if you want to purchase it. 
You have a while. Uh, with the code, the jacket is one forty nine ninety nine. One hundred and fifty bucks. Kind of a lot, but you know, still decent enough, I guess, for the Vogue jacket. Okay. But you gotta wait five to six months to get it, which kind of sucks. All right. I don't know if I'm gonna be alive by then. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a nice Christmas present to yourself. So, so. Right. That's now, now, here's the thing: to get the raid ring, you have until May twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Okay. Interesting. So you only have so the raid's coming out on the twenty second. You literally have three days to buy to to earn this thing. That's so weird that they do the ring three days and then the jacket ten days. Yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, I want it. I want it. I want the ring. Mm-hmm. I want the ring. I want the ring. Budgie wants Slip you to out. wear the ring. Ring. I'm married to Atheon. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've taken this grommet and fashioned a ring out of it. <laughs> so here's the good news. Among all the bad news of, you know, not having a lot of time to get that shit done and activate it online, you do have until June 30th to actually make the purchase. So your wallet will be a little bit more grateful for the extended time. <laughs> so there you have it. I want it. I want it. And I need it. I wanted it before I knew what it looked like. Like, Yeah, I'm with you. I read that it was the I read that it was the um, the whatever that thing is that you pick up. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I read that it was that. And I sort of imagined like a silver ring that like the five raid ring was. Uh, But then I saw it and it was like, this looks like it could have come off of Atheon. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah. I want it. <laughs> so screw those baby fallen. No, <laughs> right. So the baby fallen are cool and they will be available. There is an email me when available button right now, but they'll be shipping before the end of 2021. It looks like a little baby owl. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I'd like to have one on my desk, but you know, the vault of glass items are much more sought after, in my opinion. I mean, I bought the bed sheets. I bought the blankets. <laughs> they, they wouldn't even have my size. They would need a Cali King. They don't have that. You know what? So that's the only thing that's really wasn't useful out of the thing, because I also have a Cali King. And so what I so I'm just going to give that to my son or my daughter. You know, whichever one shows more interest in it. But the sheet I just hung up like like as wallpaper. It looks Love fantastic. It. A tapestry or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so the pillowcases, the pillowcases were badass. <laughs> <laughs> so. We got a bunch of uh, hot fix issues, the known issues. I'm going to quick ra- rapid fire run through these. Um, Okay, so the presage activity is not rewarding pinnacles as intended. No so shit, Sherlock. That's well, now a glitch. We know. <laughs> yep. Deep Stone Crypt no longer awards pinnacle gear, but lists that it does. Uh, nice. So 
I'm guessing they don't want us to have pinnacle gear <laughs> for that anymore. Or they don't uh, want us to know. <laughs> <laughs> the Titan Guardian Games contender plate chess piece does not appear in the preview and appearance customization screens. Guardian Games crown holograms may remain on players' heads after the conclusion of the event. Various Guardian Games quests and bounties may remain in players' inventories after the conclusion of the event. Are they saying that it that that's a that shouldn't be? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I turned them in because I didn't trust it that they would be there. So, um, like, I, yeah, like some of them actually didn't, even though they expired, they still remained in my inventory. So I had to like delete them manually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, Valor, Glory, and Infamy ranks may not gain progress as expected when completing matches in their respective playlists. Players cannot use Wish Ender's perk Queen's Wrath when poisoned. The join command is not functioning properly for players on Steam. I had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> the Destination Threader armor synthesis bounty incorrectly states to open Blindwell chest to progress the bounty. Players must defeat Blindwell bosses to complete the bounty. Well, note to make a mental note of not to make a mental note of not to grab that bounty. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> the battlegrounds activity will not progress a sacred fusion quest. The special finisher mod can be purchased multiple times from eight to one. This is unintended, as multiple copies of the mod will have no extra effect. The tutorial for creating an ornament through armor synthesis does not play if a Titan character is the first character to reach the step. The tutorial will play upon reaching orbit on a second character. Interesting. The decrypted data trove items on ranks 2, 12, and 32 of the uh, the season of the Splicer season pass can be acquired with a full inventory. Players should ensure they have space in their inventory before claiming these ranks. I hope I didn't miss out on that. Right? The 150 Sin Strand can be earned from completing the Armor Synthesis introduction is not sent to the Postmaster when players have a full consumables inventory. Yes, that happened to me. Because remember, Corn, you got past the, you got to that step. And I have like, the same thing. Yeah. Where, where is, I don't have the quest. I don't have it. Where is it? It, it was in my Postmaster. Yeah. Uh, the Reverie Dawn armor set from Season of the Chosen is not showing available shaders when previewing individual armor pieces and preview and appearance customization screens. And that looks to be all the known issues. And for uh, the rest of the known issues, just uh, look on uh, our help Budgie.net. And Budgie.net. Known issues article. And then there's a bunch of movies of the week. Uh, looks like some Avatar. Yeah, the yeah, the one in the middle, right? I guess. Yes. Yes. That's pretty cool. And then a season Destiny of the, the Last one. Guardians. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So check those out at your leisure. They're always awesome, awesome creations. Speaking of awesome creations, we got the artists of the week. Always good stuff on there. We have some really talented uh artists in the Destiny community. So it's nice that they were uh, showcased every week. And, and I think that's do. I think that's the twab, though, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and, and I think on that note, that's the show. I mean, it's already past midnight here in the States. 
Shadow Price, thank you so much for staying on so late. And Remy, thank you so much as well for being on with us. Such an amazing guest. And uh, we have a tradition on the show. Before we wrap things up, we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. And in the Destiny show form, we're going to rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna and Remy as our guest tonight. Do you want to kick things off? What would you rate the weekly update this week between one and five? spicy tuna rolls i'm gonna give it five uh and i'll tell you why uh because right now it was so whenever whenever uh it, something new content would drop uh sometimes we just wouldn't even do the show because we were so wrapped up in playing and so this bungee weekly update is giving you some information and it's getting you right back out there so you can grind towards getting that vault of glass done so i'm gonna give it five very short, generous. Short Very sweet. generous. That's extremely generous. Yeah. Shadow um, Price, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? I'm going to give it just one point lower because, I mean, there's, there's nothing bad in here. Like, I, I, you know, it's nice that they told us about uh, you know, Iron Banner coming back next week uh, with new weapons and things like that. And, you know, there are future war call weapons back in the game. And the swords are returning from uh, vanilla D2 that you can get with random rolls on them. And the small one, the baby small one. And letting us know about all the issues and things like that. So, I mean, it's solid. It's a solid weekly update. I, I don't see anything bad about it. So I'm going to just give it a four. Okay. I, I think you're both real generous tonight because I thought it was, you know... A little bit weak, but at the same time, we had a really long show, and a long twab could mean a really long podcast, and we wouldn't want that. So that gives me added brownie points to the weekly update. But overall, I think that, you know, while we got some really good information in terms of like the Iron Banner activity that's being uh, reintroduced in the new season. Um, we also learned about um, the uh, future war cult being uh, brought back, which is nice. I feel like they could have went further with future war cult, right? So, like, just bringing back those weapons doesn't mean they're giving us a storyline or a set of even um, rank ups with those respective activities. Maybe I'm asking for too much. Maybe that's wanting too much from the game. But I do think, you know, I would give it a 3.5. Because I was going to say 2.5, but I'm going to give it a 3.5. Because it was short and sweet. And it made our podcast Sometimes it's, yeah, just a little bit shorter. Short. Yeah. Um, so that's my verdict. 3.5 out of 5. Icy Tuna Rolls. From Cornholio. And we have come to that time. Wow, we've had an amazing, amazing show. And Remy, thank you so, so much for being our guest. We had such a pleasure to have you on and to learn about your amazing journey in our community and to talk about so many different topics. 
covering all things Destiny. So thank you for being our guest. It was such a pleasure to have you on tonight. Really great being here. Uh, really great talking uh, about a great game with some great people. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. Also, if I could take a second to uh, thank Wendy for being uh, an amazing support um, and also loving me very much. I want to thank my children. Uh, I want to thank uh, River, Crimson, Jez, Agrios, and Sharks uh, for being the best podcast people I could have asked for. Uh, and I also forgot about Mark Turk and Rhino666. I just wanted to throw that out there before we die. <laughs> Those people are amazing. Awesome. And before we let you go, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? The best place is Twitter, at DearBungie, one word. Um, that's, that's probably the best place right now. Awesome. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And also here in the Destiny Show podcast. And I just want to take the moment out to, yes, thank you, Remy, for coming on. I, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I mean, I knew what you brought to the table. I watched all so many of your podcasts and things like that. And I was just really interested in engaging in the conversation with you and everything. So I campaigned to have you on. And I wanted you on here and talk to Cornholio. And we made it happen. So thank you for joining us tonight. That's fantastic. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Podcasts, and the list goes on. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us on Instagram at Destiny Show Podcast. And you can find us on the web at destinyshow.com we're getting a website redesign pretty soon and a lot more cool stuff so guardians thank you so so much for tuning in next week we will be back at our normal time at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific so we hope you tune in twitch.tv slash the destiny show and you can find me at omg cornholio on twitter for all things Destiny and The Destiny Show. So thank you, Guardians, for tuning in for another episode of The Destiny Show, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.